I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What are you saying, though? <laughs> I got my brother with me today. Listen, let me tell you something, yeah? Do you know how much people have, like, actually shouted me and said... Get Benny Scar on the podcast. Get Benny Scar on the pod. I'm like, why? I'm like, huh? why? 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 <laughs> why do? You, why? Why is it like? What? What type of conversation do you want to see him have? Like, why? I think one of the reasons being here yeah, is because I reference you a lot and reference our friendship a lot. Yeah, not just in within music or whatever, but just in life. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think that like when people sort of you know, join the dots of like, oh, rah, okay, you're, so you've got a good friend that you talk about, yeah, mm. and rah, like, so he works in the music industry and shit, oh, he manages Dave <laughs> and like, sh- oh, bro, like, yeah, bro, bring, like, have him on, it. So I think that like, that is kind of, that is kind of the thing, but, um, so yeah, it's this is different, this is definitely different for, for us. It's definitely different. It's very, very different, but how do you feel being in it? Because obviously, bro, you know, like, you know the journey, bro. You've seen where I've started from with this and whatever. What is it like actually feel, sitting on the sofa? I feel like, first and foremost, that like it's not it's not easy yeah, for anybody to um, set out on a mission yeah on their own and like continue to tread that path every day mm. through through sun, rain, hell, sleet, snow, and that's what you've done. Do you get what I'm saying? Trust it's me. not always been easy, and there's been you know we were just saying you know there was moments where this. Uh, the concept of podcasting was not even realized. Trust me. You know, it, no one even knew what this was or knew where it could go or how 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 big it was gonna was gonna be. You know, but you were somebody that was always passionate about, yeah, like having the sort of conversations that Definitely. you have. And I just feel very proud, bro, to just see that. And I think um, it's very like trailblazing. And you had amazing vision with this. And yeah, I also I think, go on. It's also like. For me to be sitting here mm. is very weird because when you have like I don't know like you sit in these kind of settings with a mic and you know you're having a conversation or you're answering questions or whatever like there's normally like an element where 
it's not with your friend, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, you might know the person, yeah, you might yeah. know them well, yeah. but it's not your brethren. That nah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know I mean? obviously, when we chat, we don't sit. We don't. I don't. We don't link with the the thought of right. When I come to your house, we're gonna sit on a sofa. And now we are going to have a conversation about X, Y, and Z or whatever. It's just, man, just lick my, I'm just licking my bread, did it? Yeah. But it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's the, the, the structure element. But it's good. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. This is going to be the shortest half cast ever because nobody needs to see me talk. What are you talking That's about? Lie. That's a lie. <laughs> you <laughs> are. Be the bro. <laughs> I we, not leaving do you know what? Before we, yeah, bro, he wants a real long one. Yeah. My friendship with you goes back a very long time time and I always think of a time bro where one of the first times I met you and I don't know if we ever spoke about this but one of the first times I met you was through a girl mm -hmm. that was your friend mm -hmm. and that was my girlfriend at the time mm -hmm. and are you aware that when she told me about you mm. I could not stand you bro <laughs> Bro, I could, I couldn't believe, when I turned up to the house and I saw this guy, I couldn't believe what was going, what are you talking about? This is your brethren. Uh, bro, I could not believe it. You know that? I actually, I've, we've never, I don't think I've ever told you this yet. I could not believe it. I thought something's, you're like, you actually, you know, I feel like sometimes as guys, we can do this as well like build a whole situation up in there in your head like bro i've come there thinking to myself you are actually seeing another guy and you've just brought him there in front mm -hmm. just like that you've just done that <laughs> <laughs> like you've just done that you know what it's funny to hear you say that because to me when i think back about that time mm. like Chucky, yeah, MC Chucky was a stop. No, nah, like for real, you were a guy, bro. You were there. You were on pirate. People knew you. You was playing raves. Like people knew you. So your name was ringing. That is, I think, West London. My generation know that. You sure. know, it never felt like that for me. You know that. That's that's. I look. You know, I think, I can't imagine what it must have been mm. like as a young guy, 15, mm. 16 years old, to be, bro, be famous in the hood. Mm -mm -mm. Because it's it's funny, I've been walking around with this guy like more than 20 years and it's never been different. Like everyone knows him, everyone knows you. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -mm -mm. So like to hear that, you had the insecurity. Um, yeah, yeah, bro. That makes I, me feel great. Really? <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm, joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But yeah, I would have never thought that. I would have never thought that because it. I remember I remember when we first met and I, and I remember, obviously I just knew who you were. I knew of you. Do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So I listened to your sets. Like I've seen you in raves. Like I've seen you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. I, I would have never ever thought that you would have like thought that I mean? nah, nah. yeah do you know what the thing is yeah even like with what you're saying there yeah like over a period of time and even now sometimes i get messages from people that like that grew up on, in our area and that or even in west london and and have told me oh like bro like we used to listen to you all the time or whatever yeah 
But at the time, it just never... We were just doing what we were doing and not really thinking about anything outside of that. Do you mm, get what I'm saying? Mm, mm. So, like, when I went to our under-18s and I'm just, like, emceeing and that, I'm not thinking in my head that when I leave, people are going to remember me when I'm gone. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm just think, I'm just going there with a microphone mm. and just spitting bars with my brethren or whoever, and then, then we're just outside and it's just normal. Like, come on, a little bit, though. Name on the flyer and that. Come on, a little bit, though. Genuinely, Come Benny. On, a little bit, though. Benny, I'm telling you, <laughs> I swear to you, not really. I feel like later on, see, like when I was doing the DJ thing and I was putting my face on the flyers and that. Then, then, de- definitely, I started to feel it. Then, but, bro, I just wasn't really thinking about. I weren't thinking about any of that. I just was just having fun with my cut because it was essentially my cousins. Yeah. Do you get what I'm, yeah. what I'm saying? My cousins and my brethren and whatever. And like mm-hmm. we were just doing that. I think like what it probably did was it opened me up to like meeting new people, which is how I ended up meeting that girl, mm-hmm. which is then end- how I ended up meeting you. Mm-hmm. But I would never have went to that place thinking that you knew me before that. Do you get what I'm but saying? Hold on. You, you was all on the telly in that, bro. Oh, no, no, shit, bro. Wait, what? Oh, no, yeah, no. yeah, he was on the telly, man. What was it? Um, Garage Nation, was it? Garage Fever. Garage Fever, Garage Fever. They had a big thing at Alexandra Palace and they filmed it live. And big MCs on big MCs on this thing, you know. And I remember a girl in question went to she went with you. She, she was did. in the crowd anyway. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, she did. She I did come with me actually. I know that. Yeah, she and did. I was watching it. I was watching it on the telly. And he come out with Wiley. Him and Wiley. Is this stage. where the famous video comes yeah, from? Yeah, this is where the famous video Fuck comes off. from. That's where it comes from. So imagine I'm probably fifteen, yeah, maybe in my house watching my little TV, watching this guy on the telly, just thinking like, right, that's mad. Like you're just mm. in what looks like the biggest crowd ever in Alexandra Palace. Like it's just going Ali off. Palace. Do you know well, what I'm not, saying? Not sold out Ali Palace. It yeah, was sold out bro, as well. Sold, yeah, it was sold out, out bro. Fuck off. Like it was a big thing and it just looked crazy. Shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. 20 years ago, man's on the telly. As a young guy, he wouldn't have even been 18 years old. No. Mm. Yeah, so like, it was like, in front, yeah, it was. Do you know what the thing is? Yeah, even then, I go back to that time, yeah, and I remember walking in there and there being loads of people and that. And then, like, I was backstage and, like, all the MCs and that were just, like, they were all talking to each other and, like, talking to Gyal and all of these things. And I'm just little me just walking around and whatnot. And I was standing at the side of the stage, just waiting for someone, like, at some point. Um, to give me the microphone and I think with the under 18 thing what helped me a lot was that they were always booking quite big MCs they were booking the biggest MCs and the biggest DJs mm. so they're always seeing me like the, the MCs and that are seeing me Mega Man seeing me um, uh, DT all of these guys are just seeing me so when I'm standing next to the, the, the side of the stage I'm not a unfamiliar face so I always remember DT handing me the microphone because that was what he would do if he came to the under 18 that I was at. So I just went up, started doing my thing, whatever. Wiley's come up, we're going back to back and that. And then that was me. I was happy. That's all I wanted. I just mm. wanted to just say a couple of lyrics or whatever. And then I could go home now. Mm-mm-mm. And I think even then, if I'm being honest with you, Benny, yeah, when I left, the feeling I had was euthoric. It was amazing. But then after that, it was just fling back on the skates. And then we would just... Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, Do you remember how much they paid you for that gig? I, got that, I did that for free. Sick. 
I did that for free. Sick, sick, sick. I wouldn't, by the way, uh, I would have never thought about money back then. No. Never in my life. I how, never how old were you guys thought. at this point? We were very young, bro. That was in early he, he teens. He would have been like 16. Yeah. I was like 15. Yeah, I got nothing. I got, I used to get 20 pounds to, to DJ at the, or to MC at the under 18s. Yeah, about 20 pounds. And that, and I remember looking at the flyer, yeah, because they used to have a flyer for the year. Mm. And then I used to just add up the 20 pounds in my head, like, mm. boom. I'm doing every other week. What? It's lit. Yeah. What you know what's so sick? Like, on the, on the, on the recent Kano album, and he said, he said he used to, used to do raves for Ingrid. What did he say? Something about 80 quid. Yes. Listen. Um, with envelopes em- with 80 envelope quids in. with 80 quids in. I caught that bar straight away. Wicked. Yeah, yeah. I, I rang. Give, give context for people who don't know, because I know you know. Give I, context. I know. Okay, so... Where can I start with this? Ricky and, Ricky Ingrid. and Ingrid used to run Freeze FM, which was in yeah. various yeah. places, but Rainer's Lane right. predominantly. Yeah, and now Capital. No, 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 no. So, like, it was a pirate radio. It was pirate, sorry. It was pirate. pirate station yeah, yeah. called Freeze FM. It was in Rainers Lane in West London, and they also used to do raves up in Watford, all over the place, but they used that was their stronghold. Yes. Mm. Like, Rainers Lane and Watford area nightclub, that was their thing. Do you get what I'm saying? So, they used to. The, the flex was like, get the MCs on the station. Obviously, MCs and DJs would come there pay subs these lot must have been making so much money by the way killing MCs and DJs are going to promote themselves on these pirates Mm. and then they're getting booked to come and play the raves and Ricky and Ingrid are controlling the whole thing sending the tickets promoting the whole thing and whatever and it was just like they were enigmas almost to Mm. me Mm. I don't think Ricky in his life said a word ever to me or Ingrid I'd see them with you do you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. I'd see Ricky's big guy like you know he used to always wear the hat yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like he Ricky a was a, he had a, a big presence he was tall he used to always wear a black long trench coat mm. and he used to have like a black bowler hat and he, mm-hmm. you actually never even really saw him in the rave yeah 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 he would always stand outside he was always standing outside yeah like and at a distance if anything was happening or whatever then he would come and mm-hmm. sort things out or whatever but other than that he was just standing there but it was very nostalgic for me to hear that bar in the Kano album because I was feeling like I don't know if I've ever said the name Ingrid outside of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this context here yeah. and I was like I heard that immediately and I asked Rich Kane's manager like right same Ingrid he was like yeah, yeah. he was laughing like right like that was just mad to me do you know what I'm saying also just for extra context as well yeah um, Wiley's first Eskimo dance was with them mm-hmm. so I don't know if they had like a, a percentage in it mm-hmm. which I'm assuming that maybe they did um, but that was at Area Nightclub so they used to have like every MC used to just be there at Eskimo dance and and Watford began to change not only mu- not only did um, not only did stylistically the music change from Garage to the so solid era to like grime but the the, the nightclub started to change a little bit because now mm. when you're like hit, used to hearing R&B and whatever you did kind of want that grime set you did kind of want an MC in there like mm. spitting bars and all of that so with Eskimo dance their thing was hip hop R&B dance or but then when it gets to one thirty or 1 o'clock that's when a DJ steps up someone starts touching a microphone, usually it will be like a unknownish 
MC to begin with and then as the night goes on then you start hearing mm-hmm. your favourite MCs or whatnot. and like yeah Ricky, Ricky and Ingrid they were definitely a part of that so when I heard Kano say that in the bar as well I caught that immediately mm-hmm. I caught that immediately so funny, so funny. but um, like what actually in fact see when I met you yeah mm-hmm. what was ha- what was going on in your life around that time like Obviously, you was at school and that, but you wasn't really like in the area so Nothing much. Nothing was really going on in my life, though, bro. I was just like, one. I was just like, you're just discovering. You're like, you know, you're going through that 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 young age of like just self discovery. Like, what yeah. music am I into? What social circle am I in? Like, you're going out a little bit for the first time. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you're going out a little bit. You're you're going to your first under 18s mm. uh, and you're just getting a sense of what's going on. Do you get what I mean? And I think like I was discovering my first music for the first time. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? I was like, um, yeah, that just doing that, I guess like, you know, just- What was that? What was your first music? Like obviously we was into Garage and all that. Yeah, like a bit just, of grime and bro, that, just, that's it. Like, was you, know, you all, because I feel like you've, when we used to par a lot and we had a we had a stage where it was unproductive it wasn't doing a lot but one thing that was always around was music yeah, it was yeah, always yeah. listening to a lot of rap music and stuff like that yeah and like you always had a certain taste for a style of rap music and that. yeah yeah do you hear sure. what i'm saying sure. talk a little bit on that like when did you start discovering more that side of things do you know what like i can't i couldn't put my finger on obviously where it came from but i i think rap wise i was of course listening to a lot of us rap because Mm. that was just what it was you know what i mean and i was very much into stuff like i was really into nas i was really into tribe called quest i was really into Dela. i was Mm. really into um you know the more lyrical maybe slightly more like some conscious stuff a lot of New York stuff facts like there was a bit of West Coast but mm. definitely more East Coast for me yeah we bro, um, I don't ever really remember us listening to much West Coast nah, but we were nah, part not, of it. not much we West, were like but hard some East. West Coast but not yeah. much West Coast you get what I'm saying um, so yeah just really just I don't know I just I learned a lot as a I learned a lot okay about being a man through listening to music to right. be honest with you um, because yeah like not not to get into all of that shit, but I just learned a lot about being a man. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? I, I I listened to those lyrics hard. Do you get what I'm saying? And you you would take it in and understand how to move. And I don't know. I just I got a big education from listening to music. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I really took a lot from that. You mm. know, um, there's positives and negatives. With there's that, positives though. and negatives that for sure. Mm. But that's also about your nature and your character and right. maybe what you're you you are predispositioned to do or what you're what you know how you see yourself do you get what i'm saying but i definitely learned a lot through 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 listening to rap music mm. in a in a in a positive way i think you know um tony yayo was your guy say again tony yayo yeah, was tony your yayo, guy tony yayo at, at i was a lloyd banks was like oh three mm. oh, oh three kind of times before G Unit had dropped an album before mm. 50 had even dropped an album one yeah. three four all stars yeah i think that was the mixtape um, yeah, we used but, to listen to that. Heavy. Yeah, we used to listen to that heavy. And I was always, I was always Lloyd Banks. That was yeah. my thing. Yeah, you was you was um, yeah Tony Yeo. Even I don't know if we ever really listened to D Block together a lot, but I used to love um, I used to love Sheik Luch. Yeah, 
Yeah. That was always like, that was always my guy. But I'll never forget one time we was in the whip and you handed me this mixtape, yeah? And it had drawing on it. Mm-hmm. And it said, learn from my mixtape. Then I was like, what's this? Then you was like, bro, you need to listen to this. And we sat and we must mm-hmm. have like, for weeks, listened to that mixtape, which was yeah, yeah. a mixtape by Wretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never asked you this, yeah? Where did you get that from? I'm gonna guess Shepherd's Bush Market because that's where I used to go for my tapes. But why did you pick that up? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't really, I couldn't really like throw my mind back to know where I came across Retro the Movement. But obviously at some point I did. Mm. And yeah, I, I used to go to Shepherd's Bush to get the mixtapes. Yeah, you know, yeah, They used to have a lot of the American mixtapes and course. they used to have some UK mixtapes. Honorable like shout out to Wembley Market in that as well. What? Honorable Wembley Market, you know? Four lanes. But it was about the physical CDs and whatever mm. back then. And it's funny because today, today, of uh, you know, Potter dropped his dropped his tape yeah, or whatever yeah. a week ago. I've been listening to the tape and, and in one of the one of the latter tracks he says, uh I can't remember verbatim the bar, but learn from my mi- learn from oh, my yeah, mistakes yeah. And, yeah. and learn from my mixtape. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you know, Potter has that thing where like he repeats the last bar yeah, yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his st- that's like a style of his do you get what I'm saying yeah. so he said it twice and I was thinking right that's that's I want he, he didn't reference Wretch yeah but like I was thinking like I just immediately made me think of the tape do you get yeah, what I'm saying yeah, of course. because he just kept he says it twice learn from my mistakes and learn from yeah. my mixtape like what, however he says it so it's funny that you yeah that you bring that I, I've, I feel like this. that's an interesting thing to bring up purely because I think the more that we talk about the more that we even talk the more that like certain things start making sense. Even more so for me when I think about you as a friend because we used to go to, um, while we were listening to a lot of East Coast rap and that, we were going, we were going to Deal Real. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Deal Real. Of course. For those who don't know, there will be, I'm telling you, 99% of people will not know about Deal Real. Mm-hmm. But that was another thing. I was, I didn't know, I knew nothing about I just rolled with you yeah, yeah, to yeah. it one time. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Deal Real. Yeah, Deal Real. So Deal Real was a record store off Carnaby Street. Yeah. They used to have an open mic night every Thursday night. Yes. And it was just sick. And I think they'll, yeah, the 1% of people that are watching this that do know, will know it was sick. Um, the other 99%, I'm sorry that you weren't there. Uh, but yeah, it was just, that that again was a was an interesting time I think in uh, the history of rap music in the city. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? And I was a person that would I was quite a kind of a lone wolf, you know. Like I would just go places on yeah. my own and just I don't know why, just hop on a bus or the train and just go somewhere and just yeah. find shit out and just go on my own and just meet people and like a lot of people in our area, a lot of people that I was hanging around with would not leave the borough. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? I couldn't convince man to come with me. Yeah. So, but I would just go on my own because yeah. for the music. Do you get what I mean? Because I'm going there for the music. I loved music. I still love music, but I would just go on my own and I wouldn't wait on anybody to um, move. Basically, I'm still That's like that now. Bro, are you, I find it like you know what I'm like. <laughs> I find it frustrating you know waiting for like. people Do to you? be ready. Oh yeah, trust me. You know, like I want to just trust go and me. Do what I'm doing. Um, 
so uh kids will slow you down by the way yeah yeah <laughs> there's no choice no no yeah no you gotta plan things a little bit more but sometimes. for real like i was just used to move and just go and, and i think like you'd go to, i'd go to deal real then i'd find out about there was one called lyric pad in yeah. camden i think I never something went to that one. Like Did you go to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never went to that. Like Dingwalls, and then that's uh, that's when I came across Jump Off and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So that's how, there was just this little circuit of nights that used to just happen, you know? Mm. Um, and you'd get these flyer packs, you know, everyone was flyering heavy back then and you'd get these flyer packs. And I'd look through them, bro. I'd look through them for two reasons. One, to see what other nights was going on. Two, to see if there's any cool flyers I could stick on my wall. Because mm. remember like, my bedroom used to just be bare flyers. Yeah, I remember. Bare rates. I, remember like, that. I don't know why. It's used to stick you know, I've got bare flyers like of some of the old um, under 18s and raves that I did, and like, I've got I've got loads of them in a the loft. What's the um? Is it called McMahon Promotions? Yes, McMahon Promotions. Yeah, Promotions. Yeah, McMahon Promotions and that. He was on bare. Used to be on every flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McMahon Promotions. McMahon Promotions. Remember La Cosa Nostra. La Cosa Nostra. All yeah. of these things. Was like, it La Cosa Nostra? Gas club and that, mm, all of these places mm, and whatever. Mm, mm, I never mm. really went to them places and that. Very nostalgic. But um, but yeah, and Snips used to DJ. For Snips, those who know Snips, Snips yeah. used to DJ at Dilro. But used to get bare artists and that that would go down there, like yeah, especially yeah, American yeah. artists A and lot shit. Of American artists used um, to. Would go down there. But it was like maybe what. Was it like five years ago where they had like a reopening or yeah, it did. was like a, a anniversary they type did, thing that they, they did, did, didn't they it? Did, which did, is essential. And I still see Vincent, who was one of the founders of, of Deal Real. I still see him about. He yeah. still, I think he still has an office yeah. in Carnaby Street. The guy is a great brother, you know. Every time I see him, he's got so much time for man and that. And it's just like, you know, this is someone that you've seen around that started something yeah. to, that means a lot to me. Do you yes, know what I'm saying? of course. Um, good guy, man. Proper good guy. I was having, around those times, I was having a, uh, an unproductive stage in life very quiet not much going on really mm. um, but again obviously we were just hanging out just listening to bare music and shit yeah. and I always remember actually I don't want to I actually don't want to jump over this without going to the jump off though because mm. I talk about the jump off a lot in just what they had yeah mm. um, and I didn't know about the jump off again until you had told me one time that you was doing, um, that you was working for them or something like that. I remember, do you know what's funny actually, yeah? I remember one time, so you told me, oh yeah, that you're doing something for the jump off and that, and that I should come. And I remember they gave you a Blackberry. Mm -hmm. It was a green Blackberry. Mm -hmm. And I'd never seen anything like that before in my life, bruv. I just heard about that in like, the Americans and shit had that. Mm -hmm. I just always remember you had a Blackberry. Did you even use that shit? Yeah. Or was yeah, it a yeah. stunt in No, 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 that was, that was, that was the phone. That was the phone, yeah? Don't forget, like, um, BBM. They had BBM on that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mad. Because yeah, that yeah. was early. That was the... You said, how are you going to ask me to got BBM? Do you know what that sounds like? Of course, like, yeah. Very Blackberry Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah, but do you know what? Still, to be fair, <laughs> like, the phone is called a Blackberry, but I felt like maybe the messenger could have been a progression. No, nah, it was now. B... I don't know, but anyway, they had BBM. Yeah, 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 of course. It was, it was like... Yeah, it was sick, bro. But the jump off was the one of the sickest things, bro. Like yeah. literally, they were they had like a, a live night. Interject if if I say something wrong, but they had like it was like a, a showcase of basketball, um, break dancing, um, break dancing. They had a, a producer battle, and they also had a rap battle. 
Yeah. Did they have others? They had, of course, like the fun ones, like pillow fighting and and booty shaking and all mm. these type of things. But those were like the main things. And people used to just go there. What day did it used to be? Monday. Was it every, every Monday? Was it every Monday or every other Monday? It was like every Monday at a point, and then it was like every every Monday other Monday. Monday. Yeah, and that was where I came across Professor Green. Mm-hmm. When he was absolutely smashing piece people to pieces in that freestyle battle. Ridiculous. Bro, absolutely mad, bro. This guy was just coming on his microphone and just, like, his clarity and the way that he was just, like, saying things off the top. I know that there was probably times where he was sussing his opponent from before and maybe making up things in his head. But even then, that's still a massive skill within itself. Bro, 100%, man. Just to stand on the stage and even do lyrics of any, whether you've written them or not, was was is mad. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think, yeah, he, he really had that locked from early do you mm. get what i'm saying he had he had that locked from early but there were so many good people man that we probably both met through there um i met manny norte manny's know, my guy big up ara ara of course big up harry like, yeah you know these are the brothers that were behind that and i think had um had a huge passion for rap and hip-hop music and culture I was just about to say that yeah. and really wanted to bring that to London do you get what I'm saying and I think they were very uh, they had great vision in doing that do you get what I'm saying and they really to me obviously I'm biased like it was a big part of my life do you get what I'm saying but I, I think it was like phenomenal do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying I feel, I feel lucky to have lived through a time where these things was going on to, especially to see where things have come to now Word. you know um, Word. but yeah we met Manny there, we met Dreddy there, we met yeah. Professor Shorty Green Blitz. there, I met Shorty Blitz, I met Labyrinth, I met Baby Blue, I met oh, yeah. Flipping, just a whole Estelle. load of people. Estelle used to come through there. you know, And there was other people that I wouldn't even say I particularly met or came closer, but, but a they lot were of people there. that featured, Jeremy featured through there, Skepta yeah. featured through there, Diversity, the dance crew that you see on oh, they used to Talent. Shout. You see them on Britain's Got Talent like just the other week, do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They were doing this 15 years ago do you get what I'm saying um, Ashley Banjo was like a kid yeah at those times so it's like it's mad to just see them now doing what they're doing do you get what yeah, I mean yeah of course so, um, yeah there was like so many people that, that, that came through that grind and that graft do you get what I mean even Asher D went and battled there one time oh, he did remember. didn't he and yeah. you know what Listen, man, Asher's career's gone like that, but that was a tough night for him. I knew it was, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, that was a tough night for him. But, but you know what, though? Uh, I feel like what... One of the things that they, so solid in particular, faced, yeah, was that... Yeah, it was, it was naturally a tough night for him anyway, but they had this thing where people loved and hated them at the time. Do you get what I'm saying? And, like, some people just mm. didn't... Some for so, for some reason, some people just just didn't take to them, and I always remember going to uh, being at uh, under eighteen one time, yeah, and there was this thing between so solid and heartless crew. There was like always this, ah, oh, nah, I'm so solid, nah, I'm yeah, heartless yeah, crew. That was a thing. That and was a thing. if so solid came, then some people would feel like it was. Um, I know it sounds mad. This is like a lesser version of this, yeah. So don't take this out of context. But it's a lesser version of this. But there was like a two pack and biggie thing. It was like, I had to like one or the other, yeah? And if one came and I didn't like that, that one, then I was not gonna dance or I was just gonna stand there and boo or do whatever. And so for some reason, 
at that time, as much as people loved So Solid, there were still people that were like, ah, oh, them guys think they're too this or them guys think they're too that. So no matter how sick he could have been at that point, people still already would have had in their head, ah, oh, he's one of them. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? You know what, that time though, yeah, to be specifically about that night and, and um, like where, like that, there was rap, yeah? Like rappers that were rapping on rap beats. Do you get what I'm saying? And there was like, is it garage? Is it grime? Is it, what is it? Do you get what I'm saying? And yeah, like, for real. You couldn't come from like, like garage and grime and being an MC and coming from that background versus like someone who was really rapping. Not, I don't say really rapping, like, but someone who was rapping on like more traditional hip hop. Right. It was like you couldn't. That can't. You can't. You can't merge. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. But you're coming into jump off, which is about hip hop. Hip hop in its pure. Not, in its pure. Yeah, it's form. not about yeah. grime and yeah, garage. Yeah. It's not about that at all. It is. It was definitely more American influenced in that sense. Do you get what I'm saying? Very much about rap and hip hop. So I think that like the crowd and the audience. They never want to see no one come out there and start spitting double time. They didn't want to see that shit. Yeah, that's for real. They didn't want to see that shit. So it's like, that moment was just like, you. it was hard to win that, bro, if you were yeah. going to come there and try and do an MC thing. And also, you wasn't freestyling. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, because they, they were proper big on that. Yeah. But that was the exciting thing, though. People used to be like, written. Yeah, written. Yeah, written. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shouting that out. But that was sick, though, because it was like, that spitting off the top of your head and just coming up with shit just off the top was the most exciting thing yeah, yeah. if you were coming with it's a magic trick right it's a magic trick you can't work out how they've done it it just looks unbelievable do you know what I mean and yeah. that's the thing it's the same effect as, as magic like proper freestyle and it's like that you know so. did you like was you see after that in that period there yeah was you then focused on trying to work in music yeah. Because I, I feel like, again, we're just hanging out. We're just good friends. Mm. But we're not talking about, at that point, we're not really talking about uh, um, pursuing something, barring one night. You know the time. You know the Barring day. one night. You know the day. Right. We went to, you say it. You we say went, it. We went to Earl's Court. Yeah, we went to Earl's Court. We went to a show. Urban Music. Seminar. seminar yeah who was there Cassidy was there Alicia Keys was there um who else was there was Jay-Z there Jay-Z was there Jay-Z bro. was there of course Jay-Z was there bro flipping who else was there who from the UK was there because I know there was someone from the UK that it wasn't so solid though was it I can't remember but there was just bare acts there was it like mm, was it like SAS or? was Kano there you know what? Kano was Kano. there. Kano. Kano was definitely there. Kano. Kano did that. Kano definitely did that. And um, there was a moment where we were kind of like, "Yo, what? Like, what's going on backstage in that? Like, what's going on backstage? We need to get in the game somehow. Do you know what I mean? I'll never forget that. We need to get in the game somehow. There was this." inquisitiveness about what was happening outside of just what we could see on the stage yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and more of a like how does this work who is doing what like and it, we didn't have a big conversation about it it was just a very brief kind of quick thing of like 
we need to kind of kind of get in the game. For me, I left there thinking, I left there feeling very inspired. But I remember when you shouted me and then told me about like, um, I don't know if you got the internship at, at Ireland at that point or whether it was when no, you was working at the studio. Was, it was later. Yeah, you was working at the studio and stuff, right? Um, and I think for me then at that point, that was when I was kind of like, I need to try and get myself. Well, as soon as you told me that, then I was like, you know what? I need to try and get myself in the mix of something, which is how I then ended up at Sony Street Team. So I think you was at the... Um, this is... No, you got the timeline. All right, go on, go on. So, by the way, it was called a Nokia Urban Music Festival. It wasn't Nokia. a music seminar. Seminar, okay. Big up Kwame, but it, it wasn't... Urban Music Seminar, that was a different thing. Went Royal Festival Hall to that, yeah? Okay. But the one that we're talking about in Ells Court was Urban Music Festival. It was a different thing. Okay. That was more performances and yeah. Oh yeah, that. shit. I, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And it was sponsored by Nokia, hence the name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, that would have been. You about even remember two, it being Nokia? Fuck that was know. about your memory is nuts. Yeah, go on. My memory is terrible, but that I remember. That was about two thousand and four. Okay. You were working around that time, way before me. You were working with Jackie Davison doing right. the hard zone stuff. Right. Sony Street Team stuff. You yeah. were doing that. And I didn't know exactly what that was or what was going on there, but I just knew that you were doing that. I was doing the jump off stuff whilst juggling some studio work. Right. And I was studying production at Point Blank at that okay. time as well. So this is like, this is 04, 05. Ish. Yeah. yeah. 06 is when I got the internship at Ireland. Right. And but I, we've never spoken about that. We've never spoken about... You just... I remember you telling me one day that you was there and I was like, oh, that's kind of sick still. Mm. Like, that's just kind of sick. But how did... Like, how did... How did that come about? Like, how did you go from that to that? You know what? This is really actually important. And I think, like... I still say this to people now, yeah? And this is not about... It's not to do with me, but, like... If you are trying to achieve something in life, don't just say it in your head, mm. right? And I thought for a while that I wanted to try to get a job in a label. I don't know why I wanted a job in a label. I just thought that would be official. Like, I should just try to get a job in a label. I used to see, like, Reggie Styles and whatever in the street team van for Sony, the TVT van, him and Reds yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever. And, like, I used to think I just looked sick. Like, they're working at a label, like, um, it just looked good you know what I mean I remember Linda was working at Warner yeah Linda's someone we've like known both know for a long like time well, I, I know Linda at, for years she was working at Warner there was a couple people that were just doing something that seemed not like a hustle it seemed like they're actually in getting paid to do a proper job and I, I felt like right that looks good and I, and I began to start saying to everybody People say, oh, you on? How you been, bro? I say, yeah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, just trying to get a job at a label. I just say it every day. Oh, is it? I yeah? swear I used to say it. What are you on? I'm just trying to get a job at a label. I used to just say it religiously and say it and say it and Mad. say it. And, um, there was a guy at Jump Off called Luke Van Boom. He was a cameraman. And I must have just said it to him one day. And he was like, oh, do you know what? I have a friend that works at Mercury. Um, you should, I'll give him a call. I'll try and put you in touch. So he put me in touch with a guy called Reggie Kerr. Right. 
Yeah, no. honourable shout out to Reggie Kerr. Reggie Kerr used to manage the Neo as well, yeah? Yeah. For those who don't know. So Reggie, I remember calling Reggie, and in my head, I thought Reggie's sitting in the corner office, he's the boss, do you get what I'm saying? And I thought, I'm calling him, like, I was nervous, bro, seriously, man. And I called him, and he was real cool, really on a level. He was working at Mercury. He was working with Semtex at that time. And, like, we just had a conversation, and I sent him my, um, like, my CV. I didn't even have a CV. I made a CV and sent it to him. There was not a, <laughs> there was not a lot on the CV, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, I remember that as well, bro. I did not have dog shit on my CV. Yeah. But you just got couple just, GCSEs. Yeah, you in just got to make up couple Strong. GCSEs, couple <laughs> work placements, whatever. You're really trying to stretch it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sent him that, and um, yeah, I essentially, like they called me and said, "Could you come for an interview?" But it's not for a job; it's for an internship. So we need somebody. Someone was going on holiday. They needed somebody to cover for a month. Doing what? Uh, I don't really think I knew at the time, but it was like an assistant role. So like, it was like getting posts from the post room, okay. making tea, like booking courier bikes, vans, you know, just mundane stuff. But I took it mad serious. You know, I knew this is universal. This is, he was working at Mercury, but the, 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 uh, the interview was at Island Records and I knew of Island Records you know I'd seen that on my mum's record collection I knew what it was I knew it was a thing you know I just took it real serious bro I like, did all of the research that I could possibly do try to prepare for anything they could ever ask me because I really thought it was a big opportunity I'd never had a proper job before or nothing like that you know these times I'm like 22 mm. you know so um, yeah uh, yeah, I thought, yeah I thought about what to wear everything yeah? yeah 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 I thought I don't want to give these guys any excuse not to say to say yeah he looks scruffy he looks Seriously, this bro. yeah like, yeah that sounds like mad to say but as a as a you you know, you know I'm never I'm I'm thinking about what I'm wearing mm. I'm thinking hard about what I'm wearing but I'm dressing tracksuit and I'm coordinating my tracksuit and my air forces and my cap or what but I'm going for a job interview now do you get what I'm saying I don't know how these people are but I know I better smarten up a little bit that's what I was thinking you know what I'm saying mm. so you know but you don't want to not be yourself at the same time of course you know? but I thought about all of that man I you said when you told me about it bruv you said it so relaxed and so laid back bro I didn't even at the time really understand the magnitude of what like, I knew about Island Records but I just never deeped it mm. you get what I'm saying I just didn't really deep it I was just I think that like I was just probably just doing my thing and then now I'm starting to like um, make more of an effort in pursuing DJing while I was at that yeah, other yeah, place yeah. and that as well. Yeah. So in my, in, from my perspective, from a bridging point of view, you was at, at a job, you was just working, just doing your thing and I was just doing my thing, whatever. And then we would just link and we would just talk about whatever we was talking about, but not really much to do with that until I knew that you was there for a little while because that that month turned into a little while, right? Or yeah, so the month turned into. Was you being paid for that, by the way? No, okay, no, no, I wasn't getting paid, and it's interesting because my mum had moved out of London. A I remember year that. or so before, maybe two years before. I was living in North Acton. I was signing on. Fam, can I, I was, stop you there? Actually, yeah. yeah. I remember this. Do you know what is funny? You've had a habit, yeah. 
of just telling me stuff so nonchalantly and like you know like when I think back to it it was a big deal but you just said to me one day oh yeah my mum's like she's moving isn't it and mm -hmm. that was it and so in my head I just thought oh okay your mum's moving whatever you got this place in North Acton and whatnot. that's just it isn't it it's lit we're just mm -hmm. there <laughs> but <laughs> when I think back to that yeah that's a big thing yeah, bro yeah, yeah. like and like how was that though? Like, how was that? Because you just had to just move and just be in a different space and sign on and go through all of that. Mm. But you never really talked about it. You never said, you never once said to me that, you know what, it's a bit, right, it's tough right now or whatever. You just cracked on. I felt like you just cracked on. Right. But surely it must have been, it must have been difficult at that point. I, I, can I be honest, bro? I don't remember a feeling of thinking it's difficult, like in a negative way. Like it was difficult. I, rem I what I do remember is like, yeah, I was signing on because I needed to get the housing benefit, and then they send you on mad courses. They send you on like, like they just think you don't know how to get a job, so you need to go and do some court. Like the, the council would send you on mad anyway. I was young in it. I was like maybe I was like nineteen or something. But at the same time, I was doing all the jump off stuff, so life was exciting to me. Mm -hmm. I was so excited by everything that was going on. Like I was just very focused on that. So yeah, I don't know. Like I managed to find a landlord that would accept the housing benefit and whatever. Also, the lady that used to I used to sign on with every Wednesday in the council. When I got the job, at, when I got the internship at Ireland, I had to explain to her like I'm not going to come here every Wednesday to sign in it. And she was like, do you know what? I, but I was telling her, but look, look at the opportunity. It's a good opportunity. She's like, all right, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you could come like, I think she maybe asked me to come once a month or something mad, bro. But I remember she did me a touch. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. To just allow me to not have to try and go from High Street Kensington to Ealing Job Centre and back every Wednesday because that wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made that on my lunch break on public transport. Impossible. Do you get what I'm saying? So that was, I was lucky with that. I think there's a lot of like little people in my life that have helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? Even she wouldn't even remember me, this woman. Yeah, of course. She helped me. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, by, by doing stuff like that. But yeah, I was so focused, bro. And I was trying to do my music and all of that, that I didn't mind it being tough or hard. Do you get what I mean? To be honest with you, like, mm. I didn't, I, that didn't really phase me. I wasn't like free. Yeah, cause I never like, felt it. I never felt like, I never, <clears throat> I had a brethren. I had a brethren when I was mad young, yeah. I'm not going to say his name. But um, he used to MC with me occasionally. He weren't part of my crew or anything like that. But he was really young. And at that age, even then, I realised he's actually going through it. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? He just seemed like he was living really rough. Mm -hmm. His mum didn't really care about him. A mm -hmm. couple of times we'd leave, like, we'd go to his yard. His mum would just shy at him. And then we'd walk out and then he would cry and that, yeah? Mm. And um, I think as a man now, I real I realised even more so how difficult it was for him. But even then when I was young, I, I, I could see that like, he's at, his life is just shit. Mm. And, and he probably feels that like no one loves him. Mm. And so that was like, I always felt like, you know what, just roll with me kind of thing. And he then he ended up disappearing. But I say that to say this, like, with my my friendship with you, I never felt like I never didn't. They just never felt like there was a stage at that point anyway where it was like, 
an element of difficulty or whatnot. But when I look back at some of the things that had happened and those changes, mm. they're big changes. And sometimes some people find those big changes very difficult. Maybe not even so much the, you know, having to move out of home or whatever, but like, mm. you know, have a parent moving so far. Yeah, Do you yeah, get what I'm real, saying? Like, and not necessarily having that, um, that backbone of being able to, obviously you knew that you always had us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like, it's it's different. It's not the same. It's not like, it's not the same, innit? Like your your, your parents gone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you, now you're just cracking on, but you just still seem like you was just enjoying the process of what well, was going I on. Was, I just was, I was enjoying it. Do you get what I'm saying? And I, do, I, I think there was like, there was something about the grind of that time that was just sick to me. Mm. I remember that in a good way. I remember even, you know, when I moved to Housden and it was like, I vividly remember I was working at Ireland at that time still and I'd moved to Housden and like I was earning a bit of money then, probably about a year in I think they started paying me, but okay. not, not a lot, you know. Little light not, something. Not a lot. Little light thing. But it was something that you could I'd do. write down like every day, like what I'd spend. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I used to go Sarpos. Sarpos, Benny. <laughs> A yard oh, shop in Housden. Don't say Sarpos and don't say Sarp what it is. Sarpos is a yard shop on Housden High Street. And they used to do 24 this, hour. Um, 24 hour. And they used to do this like drink, yeah. It was like it was like oats and Yes. What was it called? I remember man? what did they call it, man? <laughs> it had the orange top on it. Yeah, the orange yeah, top. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. It, it was like a porridge in a bottle, yeah. yeah. But like Bro, that kept me alive, bro. Like, serious, bro. It was like two pounds. And, and I used to get that like every day if I was, do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I was just working on a budget. I was working on a serious budget. Do you get what I mean? And it was like, yeah, I can get that. I'll go, I hate to say it, Sam's Chicken, two for two. Yeah, right? strong, North strong, West, bro. You know about Come that, on. bro. Northwest, you know about that. Two pound, two burgers, two and fries. And it's lit. I'm telling you. Stomach's you ram. There's a personal pan pizza, one pound. Uh, we, right. I all these mad things you found yeah, these mad little one, things but you, I'm just saying you could fill your belly nice for a fiver nice yeah. but so, like, so honourable shout out to um, Sarpos but sometimes their food was absolutely no, the, the, dog the food the food the food was, was absolutely not really dog it, shit sometimes bro. not really it you'd have to you know what I mean but we the went drinks, there slew, remember one, we used uh, to go there a couple of times we used to go after the hill off our faces. After we used the to go to yeah the hill in North London which was a club up there yeah and we used to come back slewed, mm. get the rascal, um, the fried dumpling, mm. try and get an oxtail in that. And uh, to be honest with you, the food was kind of, yeah, when you're slewed, it was all right. four in the morning. You're not complaining. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Can I interrupt you quickly? I don't yeah. know if you ever remember this. Yeah. Thing. One time, you're dropping me home in the green golf. <laughs> the green. Yeah. Golf. Two things actually that just come to mind. Do you ever remember the um it was the cyclist green as well? It was emerald, emerald green. green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just normal green. You know? Do you remember the cyclist that almost smashed off your window? <laughs> <laughs> hey, one time I don't know what you did, bro, but you took a turn in or whatever. Exactly what happened. I remember. It did like you? God. <laughs> you know we were, dri we were driving cyclist? in like Mayfair. Yeah, yeah. It was like the back of Mayfair. I don't know where we were going, but we were driving in the back of Mayfair. Bare one way streets, one way streets, one streets. You know, it's getting frustrating. Yeah, the cyclist behind me the whole way. I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning. I'm trying to. Find bro, don't him. lie. Did you see the cyclist from behind? No, you didn't I, see him. I, I seen him at points that he was there, but like I don't know. I'm not clocking him like that. I'm not thinking he was still behind, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think I just turned. 
boom, he Bro, smashed into the side of the he car. He got off the bike, <laughs> yeah, and he gave the window one punch. Bro, I don't know how the window didn't break, bro. But here's the thing. Okay, I don't know if you've ever tried to smash a car window Nah, it's, it's hard still. I've tried to smash a car window. Why? Because oh, okay, I was young. We'll talk about that. I was young. <laughs> we'll talk about that. It's we had a hard. Co- you had a couple of those. It's ones, hard, I'm not gonna lie. bro, to smash a car window if you don't have the thing from the back of the bus. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I hear that. It's yeah, very yeah, hard. I hear that you could take a hammer to a car window and hit it and it might not break, bro. It might just mm. bend. Wait, are we talking about the passenger window or the, the passenger window? It was a, he hit oh, my oh, side, bro. Yeah, yeah. He, he hit my side, side. yeah, yeah. But he, if this was, now, someone punching your car, you'd think I'm going to get out on rage at this guy. But he hit the car so hard, he oh, nearly shit. broke his own exactly. hand. No, no, no. He nearly broke his own hand, bro. Yes. He was in pain. Yeah. Mad pain. And it was the moment of like, I'm so mad that you've hit my car, but I've also knocked you off your bike, and now your hand might be broken. This is yeah, that's funny. it. It's long. This is actually. And just, you know what? This is you could see mad. in the moment after he punched the window. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even. He simmered a yeah, bit because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like he was on a hundred. He smacked the window, <laughs> and then that he was like, "You fucking out!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then it kind of like you know what? Yeah. Yeah, and then thing. But there was another time quickly. Yeah. When you went to drive me home and we was near flipping Church Road or whatever. Do you remember that one? And then the two brothers jumped yeah, out of the whip. Yeah, what was that again? Bro, bro, I've always thought about what was gonna happen if we would have if we didn't see that. Yeah, that was nuts. Bro, we was by Church Road and yeah, was we was nuts. in the golf late at night. You was dropping me back at like four in the morning or some shit like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next minute you saw in the rear view mirror two men jump out of a car, ran towards your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, you yeah, just yeah. bust the left and that was it. Yeah, and yeah, bro, to this day, I always think about like, had we not have seen that, like how different would our lives have been? Yeah, I don't know what they were on to be honest with you, but I do remember that. But um, anyway, back to the thing and that. So like, so yeah, obviously, I learned making a little bit of money. One of the things that I wanted to bring up and have a conversation about actually was just that the, there's has been a lot of conversation recently about, well, not even recent, yeah, I'd say recently, about um, internships on and people not paying for the paid internships. Have you seen them? No. Have you seen conversations no, like that? I, I, okay, yeah. So sometimes like people will talk about internships, paid internships, um, um, like doing internships for free and some people are hella against it like you should be paid for this and you should be paid for that or whatever it may be yeah and in my mind i've always thought this is about context to me yeah when i'm seeing people arguing about i'm like this is about context to me because there's times where i've seen with my own eyes someone or people who have been on an internship not being paid but being exposed to hella opportunities to hella opportunities and sometimes sometimes you can't even buy that Mm -hmm. sometimes you actually just can't even buy that bro like expand on that a little bit just maybe even talk about from your from your point of view how beneficial uh, that that particular unpaid internship was for you well very beneficial clearly it was very beneficial for me. Uh, I went to a great label at a great time who had some incredible people, some incredible artists, and there was an energy, bro, around that label at that time. 
I say it to Twin often because Twin is um, Alec. Which one, Alec, Alex, or Alex? Alex. 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 Okay. Obviously, there's two. There's twins. two. Of them, one worked at Atlantic. Yeah. One worked at Ireland, and and uh, Alex worked at Ireland with me. So mm. he he started not too long after me. You know, and and me and him are proper close. We still talk often. Do you get what I'm saying? I talk to both the twins today. Um, and yeah, there was just an energy around the label at that time, you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I benefited massively from that. I think, listen, the fact that there was just a lot of people, man, that helped me out. I can't even, like, it, it's, it's the obvious thing for me to single out Darkest. Darkest done a lot for me, all right, as just a black man in that position, somebody that was from West London, as mad as that sounds, mm. from Fulham, went to the same school as my dad's. Darkest was you an know. A&R, ended up being president yeah, of the label. he was an A&R person, and he ended up becoming the president. So, but look, Darkest did a lot, but Ted did a lot for me. Ted was the head of marketing there at that time. Sarah Borman did a lot for me. She was a marketing manager. Worrell Islam was an assistant that had been there for a while, and he knew everything back to front, and he took the time to show me everything. So like, all those people really contributed to my learning you know and my work ethic as well um i think that obviously depending on people's individual and personal circumstances it might be hard for people to say i'm going to do an unpaid internship if you're 18 you have no responsibilities mm. um mm. you live at home with your mum or whatever probably you can take that on not going on holiday with your friends or having whatever money to buy clothes or whatever like that's a choice isn't it that's like, not a reason yeah, of course to, it's not, not a reason yeah, to not yeah, do yeah. it that's just a choice that you got to make now remember you lot went Mali yeah yeah that first year that I was working at Ireland when I wasn't getting paid and I didn't come mm, I right? remember that because obviously I just didn't come and I wasn't living at my mum's house but I I just as I said that's why I say it on the show I was signing on bro I was getting housing benefit and uh, I was just doing whatever I could to just on the side make a bit of money. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, because it's important to say that. There's no shame in that. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? Like, people say I can't do this and I can't do that. And some people they really can't. They really cannot afford to do an unpaid internship. But there are also people who say they can't do it, but they could, could do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. They could do it. Do you get what I mean? And I just think I got a lot out of it. Now, is there not an argument to say that big universal should ever be getting anyone to work for free? Of course right. there is. Of course there is, 100%. I'm not even debating that now in 2020. This was 2006, bro. It was a long time ago. Even back then, Universal, massive company. I'm not saying that that uh, they should have been asking people to work for free because probably they shouldn't. Do you get what I mean? Um, I don't think Universal, have, people. I, in fact, I know Universal don't have internships working for free anymore. Right. They don't. They, don't. they pay their interns like a grand a month or something like that. Okay. Do you get what I mean? Um, um, how do you gauge, like, just generally speaking, yeah? How do you gauge when to 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 do something like that for free? How do you gauge it? Because I think in this game, yeah, in the creative industry anyway, and this might happen in other industries, I'm not sure, I can't speak on that, but there are a lot of people that, are, that try a thing and try to make it seem as though they're doing you a favour when really they're trying to think. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. oh, you know what? Come and do this internship for me and do X, Y. So actually someone just recently messaged me the other day asking me, she's a writer, 
Yeah, she's not a songwriter. She writes poems and she um, expresses herself through writing and stuff. I don't know nothing about that field, but she was asking me about um, a person who um, wanted her to work for her for free or something like that. Like they were going to pay her eventually, but they wanted to do a bunch of stuff for free and make her sign some contracts and all these different types of things. And I couldn't, I couldn't really give the right advice because I don't really understand that industry and how it works and if you're putting pen to paper and you're giving it to someone your rights and things that you can claim for and on that but like how do you gauge when this could be beneficial for me or Mm -hmm. when nah like I feel like I should be paid for that well let me me flip it on its head and say this okay we we are taught uh to attach the word value to money right right? like Mm -hmm. you think about value and you think about money okay but there is value in many more things other than money right right now to flip it on its head if you were doing a job and you were getting paid but you weren't learning anything yeah like where's the value facts right so and 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 maybe the most important thing to you at that point might be money it might be to me, money was never like the most important thing. I wanted to learn, bro. I still want to learn. I started at Ireland for free because I wanted to learn. In 2006, I wanted to learn. I left Ireland in 2016 because I wanted to learn. And believe me, in 2016, they, they offered me, obviously, money to stay. More money than I was earning. Do you get what I mean? But to me, there was more value in 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 trying to push myself further because my learning had curbed a lot, bro. Like mm. you worked somewhere for ten years. I'm not saying I knew it all because I definitely didn't. But if my learning was like this when I started, it, it felt like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that that can actually in. be in some way, depending on how ambitious you are, can be quite depressing. Because I remember I went through a stage, which I talk about a lot, where I was really down mm. and I felt like I f- was really down purely because um, uh, I, I didn't feel like I was progressing as much. You know, like at, these, at this stage, you've got your job. Yeah, you're, you've become an a and which we'll talk, we'll talk about a bit. I'm doing events, I'm DJing, I'm doing stuff every year. Remember, I'm, having bir- I'm doing mm-hmm. the birthday parties and that. And like, I'm having such a good time doing that. But then there became that a stage where it didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I was elevating. I didn't feel like I was progressing. I didn't feel like I was learning anything. I didn't, you know, I, it, I just felt like I had hit a rock. And, and mentally, that was a very, very challenging time for me personally. But I think that that more speaks to like, just my ambition more than anything. Because I think for a lot of people, in the context of what I'm talking about and what you're talking about, you could do this and then you could do that. And some people are actually just fine with that. Providing yeah, you're getting yeah, paid sure. X, X, Y, and Z, some people are just okay with that. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. And that's why I'm saying it's so personal. Like whatever you place value on is down to you. I cannot expect anybody to do what I've done just because I did it and I think that way, you know? And similarly, nobody can expect me to do what they might do. And you know that's just how it is. So you have to you have to look inside yourself and ask yourself, 
what am I trying to achieve in the long term? What am I trying to achieve in the short term? What are the realities of my life right now? Like, mm. What do I actually need to survive right now? Because that's a reality too. You know, we will have a figure of money that we actually just need to survive. Not what we want, not the excess, your bills, the things that you need to stay alive, to feed yourself, to just turn your lights on, mm. you know? And, and how, how much are you willing to sacrifice um, for what it is longer term? Mm. And and there's there's a lot of good in sacrifice. I believe in you know. I think that if you if you can, you know, m money can be a distraction from from the bigger goal. You Definitely, know, short short term money can be a distraction from you know long the long term ambition that you're trying to achieve. But as I said, this is not for me to project onto anyone else. Everyone has to make their own decision as to what is fundamentally important at whatever time. I just know that I'm very, I have conditioned myself to think about learning and, you know, trying to gain as much knowledge as I can in whatever area that it is that I uh, deem myself to want to be working in or mm. whatever. And, I'm, and, and yeah, money is always a factor, but it's not the main thing. Do you get what mm. I mean? So look, if there was a young kid here that said, look, I feel like I'm going to take this unpaid internship at X company. And I said, why? And they said, because this person's here and I think I could learn from them and right. that. And I'm inexperienced. I say, fair enough. Yeah, go and do you your can thing. afford to do that, go and do your thing. I wouldn't say, right, like, no, like, make sure they pay you. Just depend, you know, but there are other, there are other things. And we've had this conversation. There are other times when it's like, no, no, there is a value there. Mm. And this is a big corporation that can afford to do this mm. and pay that and know your worth. So there is a time for that conversation, but it just depends where you're at in your where you're at in your career, where you're at in your life. Fact, you know. Fact. Um, I remember when you when you told me about like the promotion that you got for being like doing the A and R thing. But I think see when you see when that came about. Yeah, I know that 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 conversation kind of started when Tinchi or his <laughs> manager at the time, but did both of them come? Did his manager and um, Tinchi come or, or his managers and Tinchi come or was it just his managers? All right, Tinch and his managers, no, his managers came first. First, right. Yeah, they came first. And they came to see Darkus, right? Yeah. Right, and so and you sat in in the meeting. So I was Darkus's assistant, so I oh, was always time. picking up the phone. Mm. Um, if Jack was here, he would tell the story way better than me. But in his words, he would ring the phone, and it would it, it had like you know I would I would be the person picking up the picking up the call. So he thought the same way that I thought when I was ringing Reggie. I'm ringing the guy, the guy. The yeah, 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 and, yeah. And <laughs> he he thought he thought I'm on the same level as Darkus. He just thought me and Darkus are just the same level. Little yeah. did he know I am the lowly assistant at this point. Um, but yeah, Jack and Archie both came for a meeting together with Darkus and myself. Um, you know, rap, grime, whatever. It was not mainstream at that time. No, you you you, you had, um, you had. I tell you what, you had, you had Dizzy. Yeah, definitely. You had Kane. You had Kane, and you had Wiley at that time. Had. Uh, released Rolex oh right Very oh wait fucking hell, yeah. so wait he released Rolex before Tinchi started 
Before wow. Sixteen, you started at yeah at you. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I don't mean it as he yeah. started his career, but started. Yeah. I, I yeah. okay because I. Wow. Okay. And see with Rolex, yeah. Mm. You wasn't involved in that. Twin signed that. Twin signed that. Okay. Twin signed that man. Right, 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 that. right. I remember this moment, yeah, of being in Reggie Yates used to do these dances called uh, oh trading places uh, or whatever. Places, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used to do them in like venues that me and you should never be in yeah like, right. like like venues that sometimes I don't even know if they were like due to hold parties but he used to get these sick venues in like I remember it would be in like Bloomsbury Ballroom yep. or like some mad hotel or just he just used yeah. to get these sick parties he did one in Labrick Grove somewhere as well at one point I believe but it wasn't in a it weren't in it just wasn't in the tip it weren't in Black Club put yeah, it that yeah. way it, it was, was just, just in a different a, place in a yeah. left venue but yeah. yeah there was a one night where I just remember he grabbed the mic and he was like, my brother twin has just signed the biggest record and da 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 da. And then he just played Rolex and Rolex was just going off at that time. And I was so in awe of everything that was going on. Do you know what I mean? And like twin was like a few steps ahead of me. Do you right. get what I'm saying? And that he had his job at Ministry of Sound. I remember he had a business card, Alec Botang, A&R manager. I was thinking yeah. like, rah, this guy's like mad official. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I proper remember that, but I digress anyway. So that was what was going on in that time, and yeah, like the the, the meeting with Archie and and Jack and Darkus happened around then. We didn't sign Tinchy for probably another year, you know? right? Because yeah. from my recollection, or from from how I I don't know where I've got this information from, whether you told me this or whether I've just heard you speak about it from somewhere else, was that um, Darkus was wasn't really trying to do it but you then was like I want to do it yeah I was, was it keen like to do it because obviously I knew Tinchy already I'd met Tinchy a couple of times not from Jack and Archie I just met him I used to go to a studio where Westfield is now there used to be a milk factory the Unigate factory right okay. it was an old milk factory and there used to be studios in there and I do you know one of my friends used to run the studio two of my friends used to run the studio Hugo and Dave they used to run the studio in Unigate Factory and I used to just go down there for whatever reason well because obviously I just used to like being around music and Tinch used to come there to record like a few of the MCs used to come there to record Tinch used to get the central line there to record he used to get the central line to White City and, and walk up there to record so I'd met him a couple of times and obviously I was a fan of his music anyway mm. and yeah, I just was like keen to do it and I think they were surprised Jack and Archie were surprised to find someone in a major that knew the context of what was going on here. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And I was very keen to do it. And look, Darkers was like, um, I think he saw what was going on with, obviously with Wiley and whatever else was happening. I think, you know, Dizzy was doing this Dizzy, independently at that yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, And I had tried to do... Had pa had passed out lit no, yet? No, no way. Passed out was like 2011, bro. That was way, way later. later. That was way later. Oh shit, of course. Okay, I'm getting so, my time mixed up. Of so, course, yeah, yeah. So, actually. um, I'm thinking about when we went to New York and that, but yeah, yeah no, go on, that man. was that was, was way later. Um, where am I? I'm losing my train of thought. Flipping. Um, you were saying that um, Darkers had kind of seen. Yeah, sorry. On. So he'd seen what was going on. I'd tried to do a couple things, not like properly sign them, but like just tried to do a couple like little development deals or whatever uh, beforehand. And he, he Tinji thing came about, and he was just like, "Look, do you want to try and do a single deal?" So we did a single deal for Strider Man. All oh, right. And um, 
credit to Jack and Archie because they done all the legwork really like they had pretty much brought on a radio plugger themselves and got it on Radio 1 which was completely unheard of do you get what I'm saying yeah and I think we'd signed the song for about 15 grand Strider man and um yeah we put it out these times you just prayed for a top 40 and the top 40 didn't come I think he went in at like number 80 or something like that and I was gross boy oh shit boy Strider man what written by who? written by Fraser T. Smith so your your relationship with Fraser Fraser goes so far back this is important though this is written by Fraser Tinchy and Kano but don't forget Kano and Fraser had worked together from Home Sweet Home Okay. Right, and Fraser's laughing to play some guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, whatever, he done some, yeah, he done, done some production on from, from back then. Do you get what I mean? So yeah, they had that relationship, and yeah, like yeah, when you when you when you listen to the hook, think about yeah, you can hear you can hear Kane. Yeah, yeah, you can hear Kane. So with, yeah, the top that didn't. So you didn't get a top forty with that, no. No, like, no, that was like when number eighty something. Okay, I, I remember being mad. I was very devastated. Serious. And, and you know what? Darkus thought it was so funny. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He Why? He, I just remember him laughing at me saying, you thought it would be easy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you know what? Did Was there this, ah, uh, that's funny. You got to know the character of Darkus though. He's a very, he's a very like loud, brash, like laughable, like he's a funny guy. Do you get what I'm but saying? But did he get the vibe from you beforehand that you just thought that that would be I now, was, you talk, was you talking in the office on a vibe nah, of like nah, 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 nah. you know that's not me yeah. I wasn't talking like that but I think he I was optimistic do you get what I'm saying and I think it was on Radio 1 do you get what I mean Radio 1 2008 or whatever was like that was big that was like you you might actually do something here do you know what I mean and yeah. it, it didn't connect like that and I, he just could see the, the devastation in my face <laughs> You know, and I just remember him laughing, but not in a mad way. Thing, but like that was one thing Benny never brought back to the ends. <laughs> I'd never heard about that one. Yeah, yeah. You never came back to me no, and said, "Yeah, no, bro, no. you know what? It didn't try to drop that it one. Didn't it didn't think, work. Still, it didn't thing." But he said to me, oh, "Look, man, you got, you got, you you can have another shot, right? Have another shot, and uh, if it doesn't work out again, then you're gonna just have to just." You know kick I mean? back and yeah, do the assistant thing do the assistant thing basically yeah. I was thinking bro no please so um, yeah we went and re-recorded some more and went back with Fraser and long story short I'm not going to go into all of the detail but yeah. we recorded Take Me Back Tyler Cruz jumped on the hook mm. that record did go top 40 yeah 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 and, and then that, that was it that record went top that went, that went to number three that record yeah 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 and that was it so that changed everything and then so I, when that's no when you say that changed everything yeah because I also remember a conversation when he was like Chucks they've kind of hit mm. me up with a contract now mm, 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 do you get mm, what I'm saying mm, mm, and you've said you said that to me so mm. was that like see when you got the number three mm. did Darkus then come to you immediately or pretty soon after and be like nah nah so you had the top three and you was just the still kicking back. Happens. The top three happened. We signed Tinchy on a full album deal. Then uh, 
these times is still normal, like the normal wage, the light thing. Yeah, I was, I was on, I was on a humble wage. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I was, on a, I was on a humble sub 20K a year. Strong. Wage. Yeah, strong. Humble. Hmm. Um, I wasn't even watching that. I, was, I, was I know, you was just still <laughs> very, bro, still very much working, still very much enjoying the process. Mm. I know that there was a point though. I do definitely know that there was a point where it was kind of like, hold on a minute. Nah, I'm kind things, of working. I'm yeah, doing yeah, some yeah, things yeah. here. Things change. Man are doing some shopping yes. and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Man was doing some shoppings and shopping and that. And you just kind of wanted to be involved in the, just a, like, just a shirt. Do you get what I'm saying? I just want to be able to just say, you know what? Like, let me just be able to at least get a, I've been working. And I heard you, Benny. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. did. So that, but that happened a little later. So the, the, the Strider Man number eight, yeah. take me back number three, then the end ups number Tinchy end ups yeah, that were number, number one. one. That was like ridiculous for us. And then, yeah. then Never Leave You went number one, then the album came out went number two. And it was at that point when they come and said, Look, contract. You'd earned it. You'd yeah. at that point it was undeniable that you'd yeah, earned it, right? Yeah. So that happened. That was such a move though, man. I was so proud of you as well, actually. And I think, I remember coming to the office one day and going there and you had your own mm, office. And was I was like, I couldn't believe yeah. it, bruv. I'm like, rah, like, man, it was a small little space, small but it was office. just like, rah, mm. this is really, this is very, this is very, very serious. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. It was decorated in a way that you wanted it to be decorated yeah, in that as yeah. well. And even that said something, and that was quite inspiring, bro, because, mm. you know, like, Again, sometimes when you're just friends and you just you, you you both have you know music in common and all of that stuff, yeah. And you say things. We we can all just say things, but when you st- when you become the person who puts the actions into the words that you're saying mm. and really stay focused and do something, mm. as someone that stands next to you as a brethren, that only inspires you to want to do the same. Because you never. One thing for me is yeah, I got to a point where I felt like I didn't want to let the side down. Mm. Do you, you know what I mean I didn't want to let myself down mm. but I didn't want to feel like I'm standing next to my brethren that like are doing things and I'm not doing anything at all as well mm-hmm. yeah, I just wouldn't have felt comfortable so and that maybe that's just who how I am as a person some people would have felt very good about that anyway it's like you're just doing your thing and I'm just here doing fucking around or whatnot but for me th- those moments there had always inspired me to want more for myself mm-hmm. do you get me but um, can I just say on that point, I always knew, you know, with you, you're someone that's very talented. You were a talented MC. Even when we was trying to rap, you was very good. You was DJing, and you were out there as a as a as a as a personality that people just knew from a young age. And I knew, like, I didn't have those things going for me in the same way. And it, but that inspired me, you know, like that. Even those insecurities that I had inspired me to work harder even you know my cousins and that were producing they were making mm. they were making a lot of they were making good music do you get what I'm saying and I knew like oh, I don't know if I can make it as a producer I definitely can't make it as a rapper like but I love music and I really want to work in music and so that process of like finding a, a, a sort of space for myself was driven massively by yourself those guys, people around me that I mm. felt were more maybe gifted, do you get what I'm saying? Musically and more 
I think if you were to ask that 15, who's going to make it in music? I don't think nobody would have said it would be me. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that made me know that I'm going to work real hard, you know, because I'm not blessed with that. Do you yeah, know what right. I'm saying? That's not you. my trajectory I hear you. right now. Yeah, do you get I what I'm you. saying? But yeah. I know but I knew in myself I know I can work hard. You could do you could do and something know, and make something of yeah, yourself. Yeah, and I and I and I always felt like even though I never used to play or whatever or you know, at that time I knew like I just felt like I understood something. Like music spoke to me and I felt like I'd quietly in my room studied a lot of music and had a good understanding. I wasn't really that vocal about it, yeah. but I felt like I'd listened to so much music um, and I'd really just soaked it up and taken it in. I just used to just love it. Mm. And I just knew I couldn't do nothing else really, so. But also I feel like you was a part of a really important time in, in, in black music. Mm. Um, so much things started to happen. There was so much like, you know, there was artists being signed. There was like, um, there were artists that were hitting, like top, getting top fives, top tens and stuff like that. And that was a big deal. That was a big deal because no one was really getting it. Like at one point, it just never really felt like anyone was ever getting that type of look. Yeah. Yeah. And it that had become important. I feel like when some people started to do it, it started to become important for others to try and do it as well. Do you get what I'm saying? And the doors that it then opened for the rest of whoever else who was trying to pursue music or whatever was absolutely massive, bro. And you go, you, you even look at like, you know, individual um, artists like, let's just say Tiny, for example, yeah? What mm -hmm. Tiny went and done when he flew out the gate with Pass Out was incredible absolutely incredible like this guy went and toured and did shows in in countries that man you just never heard man going and doing mm. shows and that like, like that over there can i just say as a super side note i filmed something with link up tv today and we was filming top earners uh, music earners and stuff like that and it was more it was funny we was just cracking a lot of joke and whatever but it's ludicrous that we didn't have tiny in the top in possibly the top five because of like what this guy has done in his music career is he's not top five he, you look I know we, bro do you know as soon as we finished he's up there bro as soon as we finished I left I, I said we didn't say tiny he's up there and Rashid said to me yeah you're sick and I was like bro anyway it's funny people will see it but yeah he's definitely very far up there but very. saying that though did you feel the importance of what was going on at the time that you was moving and shaking in it or was you just doing it did you understand though? Because of course, there's the the chart success and all of these different types of things, but did you actually understand what was happening? Yeah. Sorry, bro. Um, yes and no. Like, yes, I knew that we were doing, when I say we, I don't just mean me. I no, mean of course. Me, I mean Jack, I mean Archie, I mean the twins, I mean yeah, Glenn. Glenn, I mean Ricky. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like there's a, there's a long list of people behind the scenes, you know, um, that were all doing a lot. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, I think now though, when I look back, I think I feel it even more so because there's been a couple of waves, okay? And I think it's been a domino effect from 
as early as yeah, listen I'm not going to go all the way down memory lane but yeah as early as Boy in the Corner Home Sweet Home like what Wiley was building both within the underground and the overground okay and then you get Tinch you get Chip you get DJ Ironic at that time don't Whoa, forget shit. Some so big, nice was some, that the song he had some big records Was that, okay. he had a song called So Nice innit then you I love had, when you touch my skin it's so nice yeah. I love when you rub my yeah. back it's so nice Channel <laughs> U shit, what, what, everything was going on Channel yeah. U N-dubs um, Wretch GRM and, and, like everybody was GRM, GRM. everybody was Jamal kicking down Edwards. different doors yeah, you get what I'm saying Rashid but like specifically on the artist thing Everybody was doing it a little tiny bit more on their own terms the more that things went along, right? So when Pass Out came, yeah, it didn't feel like a commercial record. No. It felt like very left and a just different sound. Do you get what I mean? And I remember I remember I was driving on the A4 near Hammersmith when I first heard the song on the radio. Trevor Nelson played it, yeah. And that was the first time I heard Pass Out. But I'd heard about it. That's the weird thing. Like people were talking about this song and I heard it like pretty much the day it came out but prior to it coming out people were talking about it like yeah Tiny's got this record and da 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 Tiny was a complete underdog mm. completely not the guy that you would have said he's going to take this to the O2 arena you would have never said that you know I remember the year before Pass Out uh, Tinchy being nominated for a MOBO he didn't win a MOBO and I was so pissed off I was in the awards so I was pissed I cannot lie I was vexed I got on the bus it was like a shuttle bus going back to the hotel. Doomy and Tiny were sitting behind me. And I remember you telling to me this day, I'll, I'll say this. Doomy was like, bro, like, you should come out for, with us for a drink. Like, don't worry, man. Like, it's not whatever. Da, 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 da. And, you know, like, he, they were just being cool and supportive and whatever. And I, I was mad in it. I was annoyed. I was feeling like my man had the greatest year. Like, he hasn't been recognized by, like, an award show that we'd all come up watching. And that hurt him, which hurt me. Do you get what I'm saying? I didn't even go out for a drink that night but it they were just I just remember those two at that time where it was like nothing had happened for <coughs> them do you get what I mean nothing had happened for them at that point fast forward 12 months pff, out of here bro like completely out of here they took it next planet do you get what mm. I'm saying and still to this day like what those two achieved it's um, incredible what Dumi and Tiny have, have mad, had achieved mad. you know it, it's um, yes we are 10 years down the line so yeah Stormzy's obviously headlined Glastonbury and can play arena shows and whatever and you know some other artists can and will do that too but like what they done bro in the map of this journey was a huge pin huge, yeah, of course huge huge I think I said before as well yeah that like Brixton like artists selling out Brixton Academy and that is just a thing now I remember yeah. when Tiny did that like that was such a massive thing he did the O2 arena but yeah no I'm getting to that but yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah, to that yeah. but Brixton Academy was such a massive thing because no one was really going to Brixton Academy and seeing a UK artist mm -hmm. bro like people just wasn't going to Brixton Academy and seeing and seeing a UK artist. Then he went on and done the O2 Arena. And that was another thing, which was like, you're not going and seeing somebody like that, someone that felt like ours doing that. Like, doing that. 
Mm-hmm. It's still, it's obviously even still US very. Rappers, by the way, wasn't huh? even US rappers wasn't even really doing exactly. That. Jay and Kanye was doing that, but not really that was many it. was yeah, doing yeah, yeah. to arena. So that's yeah. just to give you the magnitude of how big that was, you know. Yeah, and even still now, you still like there's still a lot of US artists that cannot go and do that mm-hmm. type of stuff. You get, now you got Stormzy, you can go and do free dates there, nah, which different. is it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. But yeah, you obviously went on and just worked with a lot of, a lot of artists especially with substance and that as well I remember like you working with Devlin mm. and like you know that was such a look as well because Devlin was a real talented special MC um, who then ended up making some really really good music with you and that as well talk a little bit about working with Devlin actually because that, that's that's I think it's very obvious to talk about like a Tinchi or whoever, but like Devlin doesn't have that conversation so much. And like we, anyone that knows, knows that Devlin on a microphone is an <laughs> absolute monster to this day, to this, to, day. This, uh, to this day, to this day. But what was it like working with him? I think like Devlin is one of the most down to earth people that you'd ever meet, mm. first and foremost. I think he is very like of the people. He was not about anything other than the art of emceeing. Mm. Um, I don't think that he was somebody that would be particularly even like just, you know, I think rap comes with a lot of bravado and it's very, it can be very showy and it can be very much about, look, I'm one up in everybody and I've got this number. There's is nothing like that. Do you get what I'm saying? This guy is like a social commentator that could have been born <laughs> any time in the last however many years, do you get what I'm saying? He could have he could have done this in the sixties, he could have done this in the eighties, it just so happened that he did this in two thousand and ten. Do you get what I'm saying? Um there's always gonna be that poet that can put words together and articulate social issues in a way that no one else can. And that's what he did. That's what he stood for, you know. But, um and I think yeah, he just sat in a very interesting space, do you get what I'm saying? As a a working class kid from Dagenham that had to step into into rooms and fucking earn his keep do you get what I'm saying Um, but he just didn't give a shit he knew what he had and he was very good and I think you know culturally he came from a slightly different background than a lot of the other um, people that he was around you know what I mean but he just cut through man massively man and like yeah he was a pleasure to work with man and you know, through working with Devlin, I worked. I'd I'd met um, Colin before Colin Batso. You know, yeah, Colin. Um, that was so his manager, right? Colin was his manager, and I'd known Colin just from around and about the scene. Do you get what I'm saying? Like me and him just knew each other. We were just cool, you know. Um, and look, when you work with an artist, okay, you work with the manager. When you sign the artist, you sign the manager. You know, so it's of really course, definitely, yeah, yeah. To I think anybody that's out there that is a you know, uh, an A&R person or a young A&R person or whatever, it's like, it's important to know that. Sometimes you can find a great talent in an artist, but is the manager like, is the manager good? Is the manager a help or a hindrance? You know what I mean? Of course. And I was very lucky that, yeah, with Tinch, like, he had two incredible managers. With Devs, incredible manager, very focused, very obsessed. You know, it was it was Devlin, it was Colin, it was a guy called Mikey, great guy as well, you know, and everybody played their role. Um... And again, uh, amazing energy. And when you talk about luck, yeah, like uh, 
people say oh there's no such thing as luck but you cannot determine the characters that you're going to meet in life no, like, no. you don't know who you're going to meet and what they're going to bring to the table and I think I was very fortunate in those early signings that yeah the artists were good and the artists were talented but the team around them were like obsessed and we were all at that age where like the only thing Jack and Archie are doing is Tinchy. The only thing Mikey and Colin are doing is Dev. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Of course. And the only the only thing I'm doing is trying to help these guys as well. So there wasn't the distraction of like I've got to be home at any time yeah, for yeah, of family or nothing like that. It was just like we're just working like all the time. Um and, and yeah, it was just a good experience and you know, I I became incredibly close with Colin through that process especially and still I'm close with him now you know and I think Colin is um, Colin is somebody that I think I need to make a point to say like he deserves more flowers bro because like he's done it over and over and over and I think like you know he's works in a space right now where you know he has I don't even know the structure of his business but he works with the distribution label Caroline and you know he's been responsible for doing deals with like H and DBE and you know various different people do you get what I'm saying and he's been very instrumental in a lot of the artists that are still coming through today you know what mm. I mean but humble not a shouter yeah of course I mean? yeah, and yeah. I think like it, he has to have his friends that like me say Collins yeah 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 Collins you're the guy serious, bro. bro like yeah you're the guy be serious bro. yeah, yeah I like the way that you move I like what you've done I respect what you do I respect yeah. your um, I respect what you stand for you know what I mean um, what you have done hasn't gone unnoticed 100%. bro 100% yeah yeah it's very it's very important to, to sometimes just remind somebody that you can see like you appreciate them and yeah, what they definitely, do definitely because um, that 100% goes a long way bro mm -hmm. um, Angel who else have you so you had Fecky Angel Angel was like how I because of you was how I ended up being a part of that team or whatever yeah, man. which was a uh, like I've had some times around that that I'll never forget do you mm. know what I'm saying like that was that it, that exposed me to the life of touring and stuff and yeah. actually let me just talk about this briefly so you've got this going on remember now as I said I've got you know, I'm DJing a lot I'm doing parties and all of this type of stuff but now um you know, you've shouted me, you said, oh, I've just signed this guy, Angel or whatever. I want you to be a part of it. Um, and I remember like when I met, when I met his manager, Sam, we sat, Sam's a, someone I proper check for now. Sam was actually supposed to come here today. But um, yeah, like I always thought to myself, yeah, that being a part of this, I don't want to just be just, I don't want to just turn up and be a DJ. Do you get what I'm saying? I wanted to like be a part of a process in some way do you get what I'm saying and try to make it even if we're just doing if we're doing a show or whatnot yeah I want to try to make sure that he has the best show possible even if it's just by me you know adding some input here or here and there or like sitting down and going going through the music with him or whatever or yeah. letting him know from my opinion yeah this one what this is the vibe do you get what I'm saying I'll never actually forget the day that um I was in, um, we was at rehearsals. It was me, Angel, Sam, I think was there. And a couple other people was there. And you, I think had sent him to Reading or whatever to work on some stuff, yeah? And so he's come back and we're rehearsing. Then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna run some tunes. So I'm like, cool. And then, um, wait, hold on one second. 
This is what I heard. Right. Everywhere we go, we feel like we're strangers. This is what I heard. Right, so at first now, I've stopped talking. I'm at that stage. As soon as this, because sometimes, sometimes when someone plays a song or whatever, you're just talking still. And they're just playing it. And if it grabs you, it grabs you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Sometimes you might be like, oh yeah, that's all right still. But at six seconds, yeah. I've stopped talking. Yeah? So wait, 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 wait. Before this part even happens, I'm like, what's gonna happen here? I'm like, what? Benny, I'm like, what's going on? Then I heard this. And that was it. Mad. That was it. Bro, I said, play that again. <laughs> Then he played it again. I said, play that again. And then I spoke to you and I said, yo, A has got this song. He ain't finished it, mm. but he's got this song, bro. And it sounds mad. Mm. Then a little later down the line, obviously he's gone to Reading or whatever and finished the song. Yeah. And bro, what was that like for you? Signing someone who was an R&B act who traditionally like, does R&B does not do well in this country. You took a big risk by even making that signing in the first place. Yeah. When you heard that, actually talk to me about signing A. Before you even do that, just talk to me about, talk to me about that. Because R&B in this country, even to now, yeah, is like, yeah, has hard. a tough it's time. It's, it's very hard. difficult. It's hard. It's and, very and difficult. Listen, man, I, I cannot sit here and say to you, I'm some like super R&B head because I'm not. Not super. You just heard guy, something that you thought right. was good. But with A, yeah, like, firstly, I think, like, I knew of Angel. Like, I knew Angel before. Like, he's from Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, We knew each other loosely. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. I knew of his family. He is a, comes from a family that people would know of. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so we loosely, like, I'd, not, I'd been aware of him or whatever. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, like, I'd seen him around a lot of times. Um, he's somebody that had a presence. Um, what was interesting to me was that, like, yeah, he was kind of a G. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, so it was like a, um, what do you call it? Like a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a, it was like a, a contradiction. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, you're singing, like your voice your melodies, mm. lyrically, like sweet, talented, you get what I'm saying? But the image was rugged. Pop up bad boy. Yeah yeah, 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 like And actually, like... But, he, but, he, but handsome looking at the same time too. Yeah, of course, so it was a good looking boy, you get yeah. what I'm saying? But, you know, lyrically, you were, you were saying some shit and I was encouraging of that. Do more of that. Do you get what I'm saying? I like that. But, you know, I, I heard... Um, I heard uh, he, there was a CD of his that I had um, and yeah, he had this song on the CD. <laughs> He's going to laugh if he watches this. Forget about it. The song was called Forget About It. 
And I don't know if you could find the song yet, but the song was a banger, bro. The song was a jam. Do you know what? The song never came out uh, with us at Island. I think it was like on YouTube. I think it was literally just on YouTube. Okay. I couldn't forget about it. And it was a it was a jam, bro. And like Angel oh, was a man that had a lot of people around him throughout his life that wanted to manage him or help his career or whatever because he's an alluring person. He he is gifted. He is one of the most gifted musicians I've ever worked with. Like hands down, the guy plays, he writes, he produces. Like and very, he can rap. Yeah, and he can rap. Very musical. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Very, very, very musical guy. And when you have people like that, like this guy is like. I would go as far as to say he was almost a prodigy. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. As a young kid. Do you get yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, comes from a very musical family. And so always had people around and trying to help. So it was funny going into the industry because I swear to you, every year a new manager would pop up with, well, with Suresh Charles. He was going by his real name at one point. Then it was Ching. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it was, then it was Angel, and yeah. and 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 I remember every time someone will come. And say, oh, he will laugh at that. Yeah, yeah. he will laugh at that. Oh, and, and <laughs> someone will come and say, "I got this new artist. I got this new artist. Incredible. He's incredible." And then they'd play it, and I'd be like, "It's Sirash, man. Like I know, I know the done." And there's always a new manager that was excited. But anyway, I can't remember exactly why at that point we clicked. But yeah, Sam anyway was around and involved in it. And yeah, I can't even remember why, bro, but I really wanted to work with eight. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. I, I, I had a lot of time for him. We really got along on a personal level. Um, and it was different. And again, Sam, Ish, Casa. Okay, this is, his, this is his team of people. Do you get what I'm saying? Sam and Ish as his managers, those two were like brothers, mm. very musical, come from church background. Yeah, Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Very different because they was coming from Nigerian background, okay? A is obviously Grenadian, Cass is Grenadian, do you get what I'm saying? And mm. Like, it, we were more coming from the West Indian side of things. So it was like, it was just a different mix of people, but it was great, amazing. Like, mm. really, again, very special energy, very special vibe. Like, I remember, you know, doing the first mixtape with A and whatever and you know making sure that we had a strategy right do you know what? I need to just stop you yeah because I'm I'm baffled about something yeah because my memory is not that great yeah any minute now and seven minutes before time any minute now was first right or was seven nah, minutes before seven time minutes first before time was, was first, first. Yeah. right okay because I also remember going to the yard I'm gonna play two songs quickly actually I remember going to the yard. He was making some songs and that, and I remember him playing this. I remember him playing this because I really, I really liked Cleo Soul. She was someone else that you worked with as well, right? Yeah, she was. People listen to my story close. I've been in and out, in and out, ah. Uh. Uh, Classic days. In the grimy jail, but now I live to tell the tale. Now I'm sitting on this music train, trying to let it out, let it out. Steve, I hope that I could be the one to make an impact on these I'm from streets. A place where you might hear but listen, let me just go to um Cleo. Where is she? Um, oh yeah, Marcus Ari was on this as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Ouais, est-ce que ça Watch her now. Ah You may think I got it easy, no. That I work very hard, crazy hard, yeah. Mad. Hustling hard until I breathe. She was bad. I was working with Jackie when... Um, She's still bad. She what walked. do you mean? Listen. Uh, we'll get in Cleo. Cleo. I'm going to... Do you know what? I'm going to bring Cleo here one day. You should, man. Cleo is a wonderful human being, bro. A wonderful human being. But, um... And I also remember being in the yard and hearing this. <laughs> this has gigs on it. If I could go to Giggs' part quickly, stylistically, you're very different, man. Wait, watch him now. Huh? Tell them. He still had the pauses then as well. Wow. He still had the pauses there as well. He had flipping Scorcher, G Fresh on that. You've got Wiley on it as well. Gleaming shit, boy. Fucking hell, man. Oh, bro. They were some good times, man. Like, seriously, handle it. Handle it. You thought that you can handle it the whole night. Put in work, there's no time. So when you get tired, you I'll tell you something now, yeah. His catalogue, even to this day, is so is dumb. dumb, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. So, I put it on I put old A on kinda kinda frequently, bro. Honestly. I really do. Yeah, his thing is I mad. I really do. I really his do. His thing bro. is mad. Is it, was it, did you find it difficult dealing in, in, a, in a game where it's essentially, regardless of anything, this is a business, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The music and all of that can be good, it can be lit and all of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to report back with some numbers. Yeah. And you may have somebody who is very talented, but the number isn't doing what it's uh-huh. supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. How difficult was that? Like understanding that at the end of the day, regardless of anything, this is a business, isn't it? And you're going to be judged by the number. Yeah, I think what was more frustrating is that the fact that, you know, you can work with some incredibly talented artists, right? But sometimes the stars don't align. Do you Mm. get what I'm saying? At the time when you need them to, they just might not. And again, it goes back to what I said a little earlier about 
about there's some things that we can control okay and there's some things that are just out of our control you know and I think you have to make really good records really good music um, and get all of that shit that you can control completely right and then you still need a bit of luck for things to just line up timing wise do you get what I'm saying mm. and I think like you can do all of the you can do everything within your control and then something can just not necessarily quite line up and that's isn't, isn't that isn't that now because I, when I hear you say that I yeah. hear an experienced man in music saying that yeah but at the time going through that yeah, because yeah. ultimately you 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 essentially had a nice run yeah then you had a run where it was cold freezing yeah it's very difficult in that moment to say surely you know what this stuff do you get what I'm saying when you're listen, when you're going for because essentially you're still being judged right listen what I just said okay about sometimes you do your job and, 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 and you know the stars don't align that that is a thing that happens do you know what else though bro sometimes yeah it's not good enough mm. the music's just not good enough facts facts it's a hard reality but it's true mm. sometimes it's not good enough it's good but it's not good, good enough, enough. Yeah, and I, I think when you're dealing with music right it's very subjective it's just my opinion versus your opinion right now music is also very personal artists are writing often from their heart you know they write a song that really means something to them now I might come in you might come in the big boss might come in whatever and just say like yeah the song the song is not it's not it it's not a hit it's not whatever do you get what I'm saying it's not radio friendly it's not whatever at that time these things was important um, but uh, you know the artists might not be trying to hear that they're not trying to hear that you know especially there was I think it's relevant to say I was the same age as these artists at that time. Right. We're all doing this for the first time together. Right. I don't. They're looking at me like, "How do you know more?" You're right. just twenty-five. Like, okay. what are you talking about? Like, you had a yeah, all right. You had a little moment last week. Like, <laughs> what do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't always easy sometimes to have those those conversations because we were all figuring it out at the same time. And however much I felt I knew what I was talking about, they obviously feel feel uh felt what they were talking about was right as well do you get what i mean and i and i see it now i see um the dynamic between younger artists and managers and the difference that it makes that i am maybe x amount of years older than most of the artists that i would work with now and right. i have got experience it does create a different dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is a thing and because just, sometimes you look at somebody when you're young you look at an older person and naturally you naturally see experience. You naturally yeah, see maybe so. knowledge, maybe, yeah. or whatnot. If mm -hmm. you're seeing someone doing this that is the same age as you, mm -hmm. and they're essentially judging your music on a vibe of it's not good enough, or you should mm -hmm. do this or do that, then naturally, it's, you're thinking to you, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, sometimes what? it's difficult. Yeah. But can I tell you what I learned, bro, out of all of that? Oh. Speak your truth. Whatever your truth is at that moment in time, and I say this to anybody that has to have any difficult conversation in life, yeah, but especially when it comes to uh, working relationship in music, just be honest, man. Like you're not always going to be right. You're not always going to get it right. But there's nothing worse, yeah, than just like not keeping it real with someone. Mm. Like you know, you've got you know people shy away from difficult conversations because obviously they're not nice and you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you don't want to mm. um, you don't want to just you just don't want to create a weird vibe. But I tell you what's not helpful, bro, is just not being honest and not telling people quickly 
like how you feel right at the, at the correct time right. how you feel you have to be honest and you know what that person might be mad at you bro that day they might be mad at you for a week a year but I think at the end of the day whether what you said was proved to be right or it was proved to be wrong okay they people have to respect that you was just honest you know obviously be respectful in the way that you're delivering whatever it is that you're delivering but just be honest with people man do you know uh, more than anything yeah more than anything the thing that I respect about you the most is actually that trait because I've seen so many times where there's been the awkward conversation or whatever and you've just picked up the phone immediately to discuss or address and that's not always an easy thing to do and I, I re also remember at a time where we fell out yeah and um, I wasn't calling you bro Mm. I wasn't gonna call you in it, but you rang me and I like I'm bringing this up because this is something that I think about a lot and I think and now in my life I always try to implement that in my scenarios yeah whether it's business or personal or whatever yeah but like you've rang me and we're just chatting and that and you're like are you cool then I'm like yeah yeah I'm cool and you're like no but you're not though you're not cool like why are you not cool. Yeah, I'm not cool because of X, Y, and Z and whatever. You said why you're not cool, whatever, and we talked about it. And then from then, everything was carpathetic, yeah? But I realised at that moment, like, that is, it's important to do that because, rah, man could have actually just fell out over something that was just so small and so minor. And when you put that into the, into the context of business, you're right. You know what? Yeah, maybe you might say something or something like, there might be an elephant in the room or whatever, but the best thing to do is lay it out on the table. No one can, then no one can, you know, they might be upset, they might feel some type of way for a moment or whatever, but the one thing that no one can take away from you is the fact that you was just honest about the situation. Yeah, yeah. And that way there, you always know where you stand with that person. Yeah, you yeah, always sure. know where you stand. Um, I think that's a, I think it's such a, a great personality trait to have especially especially in business more so even in your in your personal life too mm -hmm. because you know like as I said you don't want to be falling out with people fall out with their bread people die over some absolute stupidness mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying depending on where you come <coughs> from without actually just picking up the phone and, and just having a genuine conversation mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. something but um, but yeah I've I, I've always respected you when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. um, I want. I'm going to get off this subject in a minute, yeah. After the A and R thing for a moment, but I know that like you had a time where it was like really tough. For yeah, you. man. That's and the I most could, important time to talk about, bro. Yeah, man. Because I, I, I sensed it. The time that I sensed it was when you was never really at work. Mm -hmm. Like I would, every time I was coming to check you, you was just. You was at a studio somewhere or whatever, and sometimes you was just kind of by yourself, mm. like making music and that. Yeah, yeah. You were still making music and you yeah. were still doing something, but I just yeah. noticed that you wasn't really spending a lot of time at work. Speak yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, look, man, I think, as I said, it's, it's look, we can sit here and we can talk about success, whatever. Like, yeah, I, I understand that that's an interesting thing for people to hear and people to talk about, but you know what? Like, you probably learn more in the hard times, bro, than you do 
when things are just flying and you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants and you're just on the ride. Do you get what I'm saying? At that young age there, when What's that saying? Fly what? At the seat of your pants? Fly by the seat of your pants. Fly by the seat of your pants. I ain't heard that. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Fly by the seat of your pants. You learn something today. I like that one. I'm here here whenever you need. I hear that strongly. I've got phrases for you, bro. Oh, okay. But yeah, so you know, when I was th- th- those young ages, I, I'm 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 on the roller coaster, bro. Like I don't know what's going on, but things is happening and it's good. Do you get what I mean? But mm. you're not fully <laughs> in control or having much composure, or you know, it's just happening. But you know, the the difficult stuff is 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 more interesting. You learn more probably out of the difficult times and the cold times. You learn that music is very black and white. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. People just stop picking up the phone, like that was interesting to me um i think uh yeah there was a change in sound you know and there was a change in i think a lot of artists mentality and 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 people were starting to become a little more independent and do things Mm. themselves and not maybe need the labels as much as they felt they did i think it was a weird time between radio still being the gatekeeper meaning that like if you wanted to have commercial success or what the record label that I was working at would have deemed a success, you needed to be on the radio. What is on the radio was determined by a com- very small committee of people. Um, and the sound changed, do you get what I'm saying? And it, it wasn't really trying to play the sort of crossover rap for a second at that time. You know, this is like maybe 2012, 13, 14, like these years were difficult for me, do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm still figuring out my shit then I'm thinking oh, I need to sign some different stuff I need to sign this you know some singers or some was other there stuff. a panic element did it, did yeah it yeah for yeah. sure like I'm, maybe I wouldn't describe it as panic but there was certainly a expectation and a pressure that I felt for sure and you know what so I'll tell you something in music yeah no one fucking knows bro not if you're don't matter if you're 50 or if you're 20 like no one really really has the fucking crystal ball no one's the oracle do you get what I'm saying there's experience and there's ways of handling artists or guiding a project but no one knows what's coming next do you get what mm. I mean it just shit just happens bro like you know yeah of course so um, yeah those times were very very difficult lonely very lonely do you know what I mean and I think you you work in a label with 60 other people but like I felt mad alone do you get what I'm saying and I you know I was focusing more at that time on producing and making music and I was spending a lot of time in Psalm up the road from here I had a little studio and there I was just you know what I was very inspired actually by uh, Casa and Angel and the way that they made their music and their process and they let me in to another door that I'd probably not quite been into before where I was spending so much time around them seeing them creating I found that very inspirational do you get what I'm saying um, also spent a lot of time with Naughty Boy who was obviously making a lot of music and doing this thing down in F Block in uh, Ealing Studios at the time as well so I was seeing a lot of the even earlier stage of the process and I wanted to be like as close to the music as I could I wanted to understand as much about the production side of things as I could because I'd always been messing around making beats from a young age do you know what I'm saying 15, 16 whether or not I was playing them to anybody or not I was doing it do you get what I mean Um, so I was I was always fascinated in trying to crack 
that to just make a rhythm that just sounded like not embarrassingly bad do you get what I mean mm-hmm. to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah when, when I found, started finding things tough at the label like I just went more into that side of it I just focused more on just trying to understand logic and you know but these lot are paying you though so when they on a vibe of like why are you not in work and what are you doing yeah sometimes sometimes but you gotta understand that like it all like spending time in psalm or in f block in ealing also led to a lot of opportunities it also made me actually a more valuable employee if you ask me hmm. i'm a better employee when you're out for in universal the field. not if i'm out just if i'm out in the field i'm a better employee for universal and in, in an a&r capacity if i understand more about music okay why why you know what i've always found weird bro yeah like why if you are working in the creative side of music yeah are you spending nine hours a day in an office you know, on high street ken why to do what spend that with your artist man spend that in the studio it doesn't make sense to me that if i'm not at my desk at 10 a.m someone's ringing me asking me where i am if i haven't done one of the 56 meetings that week why like it's that shit is not that important bro like what's really important at the end of the day is making great records and helping your artists make the best music possible as an a&r that's the job help your artists make the best music possible facts and that requires a skill set however you develop that skill set is up to you but i could guarantee you yeah sitting in a glass office in high street mm. ken is not the best way to develop that skill set sitting in a studio sitting around other creatives bumping into people in a hallway that you didn't even know you was going to bump into mm. far more valuable bro 100 percent. and that's just a decision i made for myself so from my experience it seemed it seemed to me like it was almost frowned upon for people in the office to go and spend so much time yeah. with the artist yeah why do you think that is uh because people i think saw that as like that's too much freedom and i think that those labels had a hierarchy mm. and i think for sure the a and department was almost a coveted department and a coveted job to have and i they you know there that's the fun job that's the job where you can be a bit more loose yeah you do get to spend more time with the artists if it goes right you're the fucking king you get paid more um you know so when you're in a position like that in any dynamic in life like people feel like you're more privileged mm. okay uh you know people who don't feel like they have that privilege are gonna take issue with that now there there are other people that even work in that department and are, are way ahead of you in that department but they still they want you to go through the grind they want you to go through like what they went through right like i had to go through this so you should go through it but that's just a mentality that some people have you know um so there, there can be some good in that all right but you know look at it in sport you know is the best time like football apprentices used to have to just like clean the change rooms wash the boots do the kit all of that is that the best use of their time well they, they will probably learn something out of that yeah. to a point but then it's like there's probably a balance between that and 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 wrapping someone in cotton wool too mm. much do you get what i mean mm. like you can give somebody too much freedom 
and they're just taking the complete piss. Mm. But you can also just stifle someone too much, man. Everybody needs different things, bro. I watched that Man City documentary of Pep, and there was a great quote in it where it was like, when a striker misses a goal, you have to know which one to give a hug and which one to shout at. Yeah, It's not a one size fits all, you know what I mean? So, but for me, it was like, I don't have a problem working for people. I don't even have a problem with hierarchy. I don't have a problem with being somewhere at a certain point uh, on time. But I know if, if I do this for 300 days consecutively or 600 days consecutively or 900 days consecutively and I'm feeling like, yo, I, I, what, I, I'm, I'm being reactive now. I'm sitting in my office waiting for the phone to ring, waiting to get email. Yeah. Why am I doing that? Why? Like you, If you continue to do that and you're not getting the results that's just madness bro do you get what I'm saying you've got to change that up and go and switch it up and I and I, and, I, and yeah that, that was there was a lot of lot of time people would just be like you're just never in the office you're not doing this you're not doing that and as if like that means you're not working but like trust mm. me and I learned a lot working in some I learned a lot working with Naughty Boy do you get what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Like being around him and, and good things came out of that you know good stuff came out of that I met artists and got songs and was just of course, of a different side of it. So. Sometimes people can always tell you what they're not, what you're not doing, but they don't necessarily see what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And sometimes what you are doing way outweighs what they're saying that you're not doing. And you got to think about it. What qualifies somebody to be an A and R? Like, there's no course for this. There's yeah. no like degree. There's no nothing. You just like right place right time Time. be around artists be around socially has he do I think he's got a good ear whatever that means do you know what I mean it's like nothing really qualifies you you know you got to go out and educate yourself to be honest with you Mm. and work it out for yourself and I think there's many different ways to A&R people there's different types of A&Rs you know there's people that are not musical at all but they got they know a hit song there's people that are really deep in the music there's people that are greater discovering artists there's you know a multitude of these things so so you like so you knew at a stage that you was going to leave the label at some point right yeah and did you already have your mind made up on what it was that you wanted to do nah not necessarily but I knew as I said to you earlier that my learning had curbed a lot and yeah, artists were definitely more on an independent tip at that point. Or if they were doing a deal, it's like they wanted to check, but they didn't want the input, so they'd come to you at a later stage when records were done and just sign the sign. The yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't find that very fulfilling. I found that to be uh, it cuts out a big part of the process that yeah. your tra- that an A and R traditionally is involved in, mm-hmm. right? So there was that aspect of it. I also felt like I didn't really actually know much about the business of music to be honest with you really nah man didn't feel like I knew much about the business of music I could never have told you how much money I'd spent making these records how much money these records have made oh wow okay I didn't really that's interesting to me still I didn't really know or like you know what you maybe you had a sense of what you spent a little bit of what you spent on the records you definitely didn't know what they'd made Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah fair, 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 fair. You'd have a budget, so they'd say yeah. you've got a, this is your budget. Yeah, to spend but you it. didn't know how much, like, you didn't know what it, what the gross was after. Nah, I never knew what yeah. was made, and and I just think like you didn't, you don't really get to like negotiate. Someone in the yeah. label knows that though, right? And that's, of I guess that, that the, the account that is, department. Yeah, that's that it. Thought. And so then that I guess then that that contributes to the promotion. 
Not so much. Yeah. Not yeah. so much the chart position. Because the chart position could be nice, right? But no, that no, doesn't but both that doesn't be honest. Okay. Because, because can, can I land though? The chart position is nice. Man said, can I land? He's bringing his, yeah, I hear that his stuff. pod tour. Yeah, he always says that to me. Like, what is the uh, can I land thing? But like, <laughs> the chart position... the podcast as well. Can no, I no, I bring it up. I bring it up because I see him saying it on yeah. his pods. Uh, and I see a few people saying it. But <laughs> the chart position could be nice, but it could just be a great week, isn't it? Uh-huh. But it's different if the chart position isn't so great, but the gross is lovely, right? It's both because, because look, you got to remember market share. Okay, record labels have shareholders. Market share is an important thing. How many records did you have in the chart in this position? Okay, yeah, fair. That's that. So both actually count. And there's a lot of artists that weirdly don't really make that much profit, but they have big hits and big records and the market share is very important right. because that's what the shareholders care about. Care about know? for real. And that drives the share price. So, you know, there's, there's layers to the business. But, um, but yeah, I didn't feel like I was learning much about being a businessman and uh, yeah I, I knew I'm going to need to leave here at some point and I remember you messaging me one day and you was like listen to this what do you think about this so I'm like listening to this kid rapping and that and I'm like yeah he sounds alright still like, he's alright look like I just remember there being um, an element of rust. Very young, you could you could see the talent, no? You could hear, you could see that this this person was a very talented. Just needed, just needed more time, essentially. Just needed more time doing it, um, and that was pretty much it. I remember you just saying, "Yeah, I'm thinking about working with this artist and whatever," right? At that moment, was that when you realised that you was looking at doing a management thing? Well, prior to that, I think, you know, Jack Foster's like such an important part of my story and my life. Honourable shout out to Jack each and every time. You know, so like Jack was one of Tinchy's um, two managers and somebody that I'd known from 2007. And even after the Tinchy stuff, we have stayed very close. Yeah, yeah. And um, you worked on other things together, right? Yeah. I remember he was managing Fecky at one point as well, right? Uh, he was managing Fecky and I'd signed Fecky. But yeah. even before that, like, you know, we were managing some producers. Um, oh, we yeah, thought about like, yes, we should yeah, manage producers. We thought we should manage producers because producers were like, it's something that I could feasibly do whilst doing a day job and whatever. So, like, we were look, look, looking after a few different producers and we, like, had a little... We'd like rent in a little studio in Labrick Grove that we'd like put people in and just try and do stuff. And like, we were just kind of like names of companies, just random stuff, bro. Like we was thinking about this for years, bro. Do you get what I mean? And then we started doing the Tropics Nights, obviously. Mm. Um, that, that was around the same time that we'd met, uh, or yeah, that we'd met Dave. Okay. Um, and yeah, Jack. Jack sent me Dave's warm-up session SBTV that was actually the first thing that he sent me and that was the first thing that I ever saw of Dave and I remember thinking like right like yeah he's very good but I also was predispositioned to I wouldn't say not like anything yeah but just like be very critical or do you know what I mean like have a high bar mm. as to like what is good enough yeah I remember thinking like right like he was he was like 
was very good, you know. And I remember like going to sleep and like waking up in the next morning and thinking like, yeah, like he's very good. Like, and Jack's bar, Jack's Jack might be more harsh than me. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. His bar is super high, bro. And like he's bro, he's got a sick ear as well. Very good ear and really new rap. And then you start going back and watching the Black Box and mm. Black Box Cypher and Street Stars. Those were the things that he had out and the warm-up session. And it was like, yo, this kid is ridiculous. And um, I think, yeah, we'd gone to meet him. And he was like nothing like I expected the first day that we'd met him. And um, we went straight him to meet him in a place called Stakeout. And it was just nothing, just nothing that I expected. Like in a good way, do you get what I'm saying? He was mm. sort of very his musical references, the fact that he played keys, he was like super articulate and very... Like, what did you hit him up on? Um, what did you message Jack him Jack DM'd on? him, Jack just DM'd him on Instagram. On Instagram, okay. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and I think, y you know, it felt like you... I just remembered like driving back, just thinking like, yeah, we like met someone very, very special that day. Yeah, yeah. You know, like instantly just yeah like he's different very different and I don't know what I had expected his character to be like but he was so intriguing bro like very intrigued like just very intriguing as a character because he just wasn't I don't know what I said I don't know what I said he just wasn't what I expected yeah, yeah. but yeah listen anyway to answer your and your from question. that point it was like you know what I'm now that's, this is me yeah, like I think that that was almost what you came kind of sort of said to me as well. To yeah. be fair, you was yeah. more like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna like maybe start putting my full time in that. Yeah, and leave with the label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a big shock to me because I was yeah. thinking, oh wow, you've been there for such a long time. Yeah, um, you're gonna you're gonna jump out, and you're just gonna give that a go, and and more than anything I believed in you more than I believed in that not that I didn't believe in that at all but it was more like you know someone could leave a full time job leave security and all of that type of shit and you could be more on a vibe of right you're gonna mm. the big you're gonna l let that go do you know what I mean because you're just one more hit away from just getting from being up again mm. and you know then getting a the next contract again mm. do you get what I'm saying and then you know all of that stuff and then you got the security there but you've got to be clearing your ambition. Do you get what I'm saying? And clearing what you're trying to achieve. And as I said before, it was like the value at that point was not about like right. they could have said they could have said, listen, everyone's got a price in it, but they were they was never gonna say a price that was gonna yeah, exactly. stay there because I felt like the value of going out and learning and I really wanted to work with Jack full time as well. Like I can't tell you how much we are aligned do you get what I'm saying and that's very rare you could go for your whole life and not meet someone like that do you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying um, and, I, and I really believed in that partnership um, first and foremost and yeah the, the yeah, you know an artist like Dave is once in a lifetime mm -hmm. to be honest with you and you know in that moment there's a great saying you gotta be smart enough to think before you act but mad enough to act on what you think, right? And I think that that's what that's what it was at that at that point for me. Like I was having my first kid, yeah. Um, God, that, that, and, huh? I, and I thought, you know what? Like, if I stay here mm. at Ireland and sign another contract, this, they were like three year contracts, and I just thought, 
they would maybe put me on a salary that would be very difficult to then walk away from. But at the actual point, I wasn't getting paid. I was getting paid. It was decent, nice. It was but nice. It wasn't so much money that like I'd grown into this mad lifestyle where like yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't walk away from that because like, yeah. I'm fucked next month if I do that. It wasn't that. You know what I mean? And obviously I'd been thinking about this for a while so I'd save money, you know. And yeah, I'd considered it. It wasn't just like a completely rash decision. It was something I'd actually thought about for like three years. You know what mm. I mean? It was just about timing and yeah, that was that was it. Mm, so. Yeah, bro. What like has gone on to happen with him in his career, Dave, we're talking about, is absolutely sensational like mm. um you know bro I, I don't even know which part to go from because there's like certain parts i'd like your insight on even with the tiago silver stuff yeah mm. was you there was you at that shoot was you there yeah, yeah. um talk a little bit about that actually because i feel like for both of them, Dave and AJ Tracy, like that song in particular did quite a lot for both of them. Yeah. And and maybe even naturally, yeah, from a fan's perspective, you may have thought you're going to start seeing those two making a lot more music together. Because mm -hmm. that's what it looked like it was going to be. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like it was going to be. Because they kind of like, they toured together as well, right? Didn't they, like, yeah, you lot end yeah. up doing, like... Yeah, we did America. Um, you did America shows together and stuff like that as well. But what was the plan around that, like? <laughs> what was the plan? You know what, I would say this, yeah. Dave, for one, yeah, is always a person that has, like... He puts himself under pressure and puts himself in situations where he might be less comfortable. So him on 140 at that time was not that wasn't like necessarily his natural bag do you get what I'm saying mm. but I think that um, he's done this to me and it's not even something I've spoke particularly to him about but he's he's taken on the hard route like a number of times in his career like no nah, I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to that you know what I mean to 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 to, to want to learn more and just do better and just grow as a musician do you get what I mean and I definitely think that Tiago Silva was a very early example of that you know AJ was more on those kind of tempos do you get what I'm saying and doing more of the grime thing early on Dave was mm. not doing that yeah, do you yeah. get what I mean so yeah if it was more like AJ was more birthed in it more than yeah than Dave was yeah yeah for sure so you know, I think, uh, yeah, they just went and recorded the record in Blue Box in Acton. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we went to Paris, shot the video. Like, these times shit was just super DIY. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we get the plane? Did what, we, a quick Young Euro style fight? Yeah, probably yeah, was. Yeah, quickly, you know what I mean? I think quick we went there. Young, like, what, we 89 pounds? Bro, we didn't stay the night. I think we just went there. Came and went back. I hear that. Went there in the morning. Came back in the evening, you know, hit up the stadium. We had we had a um, we had a we had a guy in Paris, a guy called Elio, great guy. He's actually in London right now, funny enough. But you know, Elio was like really really helpful. He was someone that AJ knew and introduced us to. I think AJ had been to do like rinse 
in front. You know, Rince have got a station in France. They got a station in Paris. I didn't know that. No, yeah, they got a station in Paris. So random, minute. But anyway, they do. And I think AJ had been there before. He'd met Elio, so like Elio like took us around and like he knew like the um, oh, what's the court? What's the bar? The Pigalle basketball court, like very colorful basketball court, famous, pretty famous in in Paris, and like some certain steps and like the stadium and like just took us around to a few places. We just shot it on the fly. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, it just went off. It went off, I mean? bro. Smaddy's at Chelsea now as well. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. He's at Chelsea right now. Imagine. I that. saw the memes of like the, the Alex kid and whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm jumping now because there's like there's so many different moments. But I remember um, I got a phone call. Must have been about I don't know 11:46 at night. Mm. It said it said Benny. Alright. It's not unusual to get a late phone call, but it's kinda late still. Thought something serious might have been happening at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Said I'm gonna, I need to play you something. I said, yeah. I said, alright, send it to me, innit? So you send me this song with um Dave and then I hear Drake on it. <laughs> Almost fell off my bed. I said, what the fuck? I said, no way. What are you talking about? Is this some type of hoax? What's that about? Huh? Mm. Tell me a little bit about that. Give a little bit of insight on that from your perspective. Because as much as I, I got the shock that that was happening, you must have been even in more disbelief that this is what was going on. Baffled, bro. Right. Baffled. Um, first, I really remember is that I was driving, funnily enough, in Harlesden, past Sarpos. Oh, shit. Honourable shout. Nah, not honourable shout out to Sarpos. The last time I went the there, the food was flipping. almost died. Couldn't believe the oxtail they tried to give man that time when I went down there. It was <laughs> absolutely horrible, bro. And hardly any rice. Shall I continue? Yeah, go on. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's about to sort of stood by his ox still. Ain't all that serious. I'm driving in the morning, Harlesden, whatever. I get a call from Rashid. Link said, Up TV. Yeah, Link Up TV. Rashid said, Oh, we saying, bro. He said, oh, um, Yeah, like, uh, yeah, Drake, uh, Oliver, they've reached out. Um, they just wanted to get the instrumental for Wanna Know. <laughs> and I could imagine. He didn't ring you with any type of ex- like Rashid doesn't have an exciting voice. He doesn't have the voice that is like the mad ex- like if Rashid's ringing you for something well, and it's yeah, it's not like He's he doesn't have range very in the voice. Of fact. Very very yeah, matter of fact. That's just it's just that. So I was thinking. I love Rashid by the way. I was like, um, like, what you, like, what do you mean? I don't like that. Didn't make any sense to me. They want the instrumental for one another. Why? Like why? I'm not thinking they're gonna do a song. That's like the last thing in my head. I'm just thinking like, why are they, why are they asking for that? And then I think Rashid must have had a different conversation with Dave or another conversation with Dave. And like, I think maybe Dave got a bit more information. But like, I can't exactly remember like how it all. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. But they wanted the instrumental. Thought there was like Drake wanted to try something on it or some shit like that. 
so I think we sent it. Mr. Morgan, who works as part of Drake's management team, he uh, is someone that I'd known for some years at that time because Morgan was managing various producers in the States. He's Canadian, but he was, I think, living in New York and he'd managed various producers and stuff. And so we had, we knew each other. We had a relationship. It just so happened at this point now he's working with Drake. So he'd called and we were just having this conversation. We basically had this conversation. You know, Drake wanted to try something and da 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 um, yeah, that it was kind. Of, listen, it was a daze. Do you get what I'm saying? It was like a bit of a hazy memory because everything happened quite quickly. But I was going on holiday to Mexico. Oh yeah, shit! I remember that. Re and it was like, <laughs> you know, like it was our first holiday. Yeah, just us two, like, you know, my problems. Daughter was, my daughter trouble. Was maybe like as as Popcorn would say, trouble. Trouble. My trouble. daughter was about one. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, like our first. You know what I mean? You're going to get a nice romantic week away. <sighs> I was just on the phone. I was just on the phone, bro, in Mexico for like, for too many hours. But, oh. you know, obviously this was what was happening. So long story short. You keep t- you kept her in the field. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of yeah, course, of yeah. course. We were on the plane. I mean, we landed in Dallas. I got a call from Jack. I think maybe a FaceTime from Jack. I'm on the plane, literally on the plane. I think he was telling me Drake's recorded the record. Or maybe Mr. Morgan might have called me and said, I can't remember who it was, but one of them two called me and said, yeah, Drake's recorded a verse on the song. I was thinking, what? Like, what's going on? Yeah, the next few days was just basically, they didn't send it to us, like, for a couple of days. You know what I mean? I hadn't heard it. It was like, you don't feel like it's real and... I think they wanted to premiere it on OVO Radio on like right, a Sunday Right, yeah, I remember night. that. He was and doing the OVO shows at the yeah, time. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it was like a frantic phone call trying to work out the legalities of it all, you know, because it was a Dave song that was already out, so it was a remix, but for it to be available on the streaming, like, you know, certain shit had to be agreed and blah, blah, blah. So that was just all happening, do you know what I mean? And I, I was, do you know, I was feeling like I want to be in Mexico with mm. nothing going on but yeah. I also just want to be in London right now yeah of course you know like yeah you wanted to just get this out of the way see it over the line and then if you could just go back to Mexico yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so so that was it and it just you know it just um, it just it just came out and it just was just the maddest thing ever like ever and all now also you know what I would say as well bro yeah let me say this man because Drake gets mad stick, bro. I know. He gets mad stick, bro. I know. I, I've never dealt with a more fair team, a more humble guy, like really like engaged, nice, personable Don. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Very genuine. Whole team, very genuine. Proper looked after us anytime we've been around them. Do you get what I'm saying? And they never had to do that. Mm. They never had to do that at all, bro. Do you get what I'm saying? I would have understood if they didn't. But nothing but love, nothing but respect on all level, on a human level, on a business level, just wicked. Do you get what I'm mm. saying? So, like, and he's a man that just loves music. He just loves it. Do you of know course. what I mean? It's like, it's mad when you see. I get it, though. Being a celebrity just means millions of people he's have the number wrong one. He's like, he is. He's right, he's all the way up there and in that essentially 
you know, unfortunately puts a target on your back. But you know what? Yeah, I swear to God, if this guy ever turned around tomorrow and said, I'm not making music anymore. Yeah, that would be like you have look at his career from the start just to today. And it is it's it's unbelievable. And you know what? Even when he's ever sat and spoke about you, this is one of the reasons why I've always said people could not diss this guy around me. Because when I first used to hear him talk about UK artists, I used to all, I'd never heard him talk about the artists that were like the given. Do you get what I'm saying? Like mm. sometimes, sometimes like you bring an American or someone overseas, of course I know he's not American, but you bring an American, someone like that overseas, um, to Capital One Extra or whatever and the person interviews them and they then they ask the question what UK music do you listen to and they say ah oh, you know Tiny Temper mm. you know I'm a big fan of Tiny mm. or whatever and you might be but you know someone's like I've heard artists myself come to this country and say who's the pop like who's popping basically and then they'll just go and regurgitate that or whatnot. I've heard Drake mention artists that like man was not lit even like you had to be in it to know who those people were. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for real. You had to be in it to know who those people were. 100%. Even when, like, the time when he was talking about, um, like, Sneakbo and that, and, like, he was saying the bars and whatnot, you could see that he actually genuinely really liked that. Mm. And that was, like, this is a whole different conversation, but, you know, there's social dilemma and people talking about algorithms or whatever yeah but in this case here this is where it shows you like how al algorithms can be such a positive thing because he talked about i saw one video and then on the side i just saw a next and i think he he said that he was watching a documentary on like london gangs or whatever then he saw one video and then I seen Sneakbo and from when he sees Sneakbo seen this artist then he seen that and seen that and before you know it he's down a rabbit hole of like just watching a whole bunch of artists and saying rah like mm. not not even just that but like these men kind of talk like man and that because there's a whole, that whole connection there as well so it's like I, he, I could see why he would gravitate to that more so than what was not that far away from him with the stage do you get what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. But um but yeah, bro, an amazing, like how did Dave take that? Cause he was obviously young. Obviously Drake has yeah, been like, Drake throughout his whole, since his whole life. But like, course. how did how, how did, did he Dave take, take that? it? Bro, I mean, uh, healthily overwhelmed, but in his stride at the same time. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think that he was like super, I don't think he was like gassed in the wrong way about it. Do you get mm. what I mean? Like thinking that like, oh fucking I've made it and I can just kick back now and I'm here. Mm. He also didn't like overly shout about it. He didn't do, we didn't do any press around that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But obviously it's huge fucking moment. Like, like the guys can't believe your life at that point. Like you're 18 years old, bro. Drake's just jumped on your song. Well, how are you gonna feel, bro? That's crazy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I think like he dealt with it really, really well, and I think that song could have defined his whole career. Yeah, you know, Drake jumps on your song, that can overpower everything, bro. Mm. But actually, um, he was very aware of that, and he did not let it become the biggest thing in his about life Dave if yeah, you think yeah, about yeah. Dave I think so that was a conscious thing as well you you spoke about yeah, that spoke or that was a feeling that. we spoke like about of that. course naturally that could be the, the, the big move but really you don't want that to be your 
whole you don't want that to be the song that you have to end with every night of your whole life no do you get what I'm saying no, no. like that's your that's your ending song for uh-huh. the rest of your life uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah yeah you get what I'm saying do you, under, do you understand what I'm saying by that when you go to a show an artist always finishes on that song that song that everyone that song that everyone just knows you for mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I'm here for the other stuff. The other stuff's cool, but I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I just want that one. Mm-hmm. You want that one to be yours, innit? And you want it to be... Well, that was his song anyway, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you just want it to be... You don't want it to be shined by anything else, but it's still an, a, an amazing moment to have mm-hmm. in your, in your catalogue. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that lo- those things there are like... Um, it gives you... I guess it gives you access as well, doesn't it? It gives you the opportunity to do more stuff. It gives you an opportunity to maybe use it as a springboard to just to, to you know, do a show in, in Canada. Build your fan base out there, if anything. Do you get what it I'm helps, saying? It helps with a load of things, man. It helps with a lot of things. Do you get what I'm saying? Obviously, when you do something like that, it obviously raises your profile hugely. And mm. It, it it gives you a big a big advantage in certain areas, but then it's up to you to go and deliver on it. Because right. when the doors open, you, right. you still got to step through it. Do you get what I mean? And if mm. you step through it with a dead tune, bro, you'd be back out that door, mm. you know, quicker than you can say whatever. So, but yeah, there's been like, bro, there's been so many moments, man. I think like um, even last year, two thousand and nineteen, he um, he dropped the album and that went on tours all over the place mm. um, yeah he really taught he really toured that album I love the merch by the way mm-hmm. I thought the merch was proper sick um, we could go in and out of the details of the the, the 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 process of the album but I'm sure that you got that feeling that once it was all done that you had something special with that yeah yeah, yeah. so like the process of that actually, I know he spent a lot of time at Fraser's studio, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you just leave him be or did you, did you leave him be or did you like, um, have some of your A&R is involved in the process of that too? Like, listen, at a, at a point sometimes, but you know what, you got to know when to speak and when to just be quiet, bro. And it's like, Dave is, he's very good at what he does, bro. He's a very good writer. He's a very good producer. He's got a very musical ear. He found a great collaborator in Fraser. Not solely Fraser, but they really, you know, uh, clicked and worked very well together in, you know, pulling, just pulling ideas into a cohesive album. Do you get what I mean? Obviously, yeah at a point and at the right time and where necessary you have a conversation together you discuss you suggest you you know you annoy at times you annoy the artist because you're saying some. you say oh like you try to do this you try. they don't want to even fucking hear that sometimes you know what I mean but mm. again honesty be honest be real tell the artist what you really think tell the tell the artist when you think something is great don't speak for the sake of speaking either man I think a lot of people feel like they mm. must comment mm. you don't need yeah. to comment man like sometimes there's just nothing to say the records are sick bro and it's, that's it 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, don't feel like you have to. You don't need to feel the air. You have to feel the air to like, mm. and, you've, and that's gonna make you earn your money. Like, it's just as important to know when not to say anything as when to say something. But yeah, like obviously there was conversations about certain songs and certain records, and there was no conversation about a lot, of, a lot of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He's he's that good, you know. Um, I think there's also like a process of getting to know people deeply, creatively. You know, like uh, it's important to spectate and just observe, like for a period of time. I think, especially when you're you're working with someone making an album for the first time, like it's a very personal process. Also, he was young. You got Fraser. You got me. You got Jack. Like there can be too many cooks you can't all go studio Fuck. every single day Fuck. for 12 hours and just have a comment every second a guy's spitting a line that doesn't make sense especially not when it's like the first full album that we're working on together it doesn't make sense do you know what I mean so um, yeah knowing when to step in and when to speak and when to just allow allow a greatness to just be happening mm. you know um yeah so what's the difficult part of that job for you bro is it being away from family yeah super yeah. hard man because um, you spend a lot of time well I guess now the COVID things changed that and you was at the end of, I think I remember you saying to me before anyway you was looking to pretty much have a lot of this year off just making music and stuff like that right yeah there, there was, was touring bit, there this year yeah but it was to be honest with you nah, I can't where would you do in Australia we were doing America we were doing like Coachella alright just a few uh, festivals yeah, we were doing. There was like a bunch of festivals in America, and um, so there was a bunch of festivals in America, and there was Australia, yeah, um, some festivals in Europe. But these were just festivals, no headline shows, okay. so easier because you're just turning up, you're doing your show, you're leaving. Do you get what I'm saying? As opposed to like you're touring with your whole uh, set and crew. Do you know what I mean? It's different. Um, and I and you know what? Shame a shame to miss that because I think look after that run and that he'd had you know it would have been nice bro to go and play some of those shows these are some festivals that I've heard of and known about for a long time and I would have loved to play them but at the same time bro I can't moan I can't complain no, you, can't because, grumble. Yeah, you know yeah. what if that would have if COVID would have happened the year before bro the bro, year before you six weeks before we would not have been able to do um, Black at the Brits bro oh yeah for real yeah for real it's just a matter of weeks do you know what I'm saying so listen and it, and, it, and it's affected I think if it would have happened a year before when we were in a different space it would have been much more detrimental do you know what I mean so the and I think process, that would have been yeah, very difficult it's a strange time to release music right now um, and even stranger because you're going to release music and if it does well or not whatever like what are you going to do, do? Yeah, it does it, yeah. has a number one album but like Nines has a number one album but how can we I know that his tour went on sale, but how can we, how can we like confidently go out and say, yeah, I'm going to the nine show? Yeah, we definitely, exactly. It's hard, bro. Of That's course. Difficult. So that, that frozen uncertainty and that we all have to just get comfortable with because I don't think live is going to go back to normal for, I don't think it's going to be back to normal till 2022, to be completely honest with you. Well, how does, talking about 100% how normal, do, yeah, I agree. How does, actually, before I even, before I even ask that question, yeah, mm. I've said here a couple of times as well, is that like, there's been a few artists that have um, really, um, I don't want to say made the most out of this time, 
but their careers have propelled in a mad space since this has been going on. Um, and in some way, I feel a bit unfortunate. There's like a couple of them that are not able to get the full feeling of the gas that they're providing. Like one I talk about a lot is Dutch. I love what Dutch is doing. Um, 100%. I've been talking about Dutch for a long time actually as well, yeah. But now, I've just seen like, even just on the gram, his followers going up from 15,000 to however many hundreds of thousands. Every video that he's dropping is this, that, and whatnot. He's got a presence and a voice that you just know. At Brixton Academy, forget even just his own show. But let's just say someone's doing a show and they bring him out. Going, you just know what's happening, crazy, bro. bro. You know what's happening. And like, I don't know the guy, but like, there's a part of me that just wants him and artists like that to be able to just feel that. Because that's that's one of the things that you do it for. It one is. of the things that you do it for it is, is when the, the engineer gives you the microphone at the side of the stage and says it's live. And you do that, ch, ch, ch. you know that, ch. you can hear yourself. Ch. And then your tune plays and then everyone's looking around like, what? Is he coming? Is it, ha is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that you you want that? It's crazy, and when you know, you think obviously historically there's millions of examples about this, but you think like, right? Imagine like KMT no live. Oh my god! god. I don't think about that. Oh, when my you think about god. KMT, you just think of you've heard it live. Yeah. When you heard it live, when you heard it, live, yeah, you're right. When I heard it live, I just think about that, and it's like it's interesting because it's, you know you got to listen to records in different contexts sometimes. It might not make sense listening in your headphones on a train or this in your car. This is obviously... Oh, wait. I'm going to just play this. Just for, like, anyone who is living underneath a rock and they don't know what we're talking about. Quick playing. You know this, right? Oh, do you really? You don't need to play this track. Jesus Christ. You just wanted to play it. Bro. <laughs> I, talk, I, can't, I can't hold that against him. Though. Bro. <laughs> let me tell you something. We was there. Hammersmith. Mm. What? Benny. I went to, the year before, I went and saw Rick Ross. Or maybe the year before that, I can't remember. Yeah? BMF was a massive song, yeah? And he's done it. And like, even his surprise by the reaction. Like, the reaction was just crazy. The DJ started it. You could just, you knew even by his own, like, just by his aura that he was very surprised at just how much that was actually really going off. Everyone wanted to just hear that. And I thought to myself at that point, I'm never gonna experience anything like that again because it was so euphoric, it was crazy. It was like a different type of energy in the building or whatnot, yeah. Then when Giggs put that and did that in the same building, bro, it wouldn't have been, it would not have been um, unrealistic to say that the floor actually could have just caved in. It could have. Mm. It actually just genuinely just could have just caved in. That's how mad it was. Imagine that, imagine that not being able to be experienced live. You're right. 100%. So, yeah, man. It's crazy. How do artists survive in this time? Like, artists that are not in the top tier, that are not, that haven't made a lot of money through doing. Um, tours the year before the year before that and maybe made hella investments with stuff that they've you know with money that they've made and stuff like that like how, how, how do you survive without the life how do you survive without the life I mean yeah it's a great it's a great question 
it's a great you don't have to answer if you don't know I mean, by the way. Listen, I'm just throwing it out there you just listen artist income stream is like you earn from obviously record sales from streaming you earn from publishing from radio play you learn from live you earn from merch do you get what I'm saying obviously the live bag is nice you know it's just, just it's a stream that you've lost mm. I don't know that you can necessarily replace that no one can replace it and the thing is it's like you said uh, the newer artists right mm. you said the newer artists how do they survive I mean to be honest with you you could look at it both ways because perhaps yeah there's newer artists who they're not earning loads from any of those streams they're just earning a bit from all of them mm. you know what I mean and they might be getting a, a, a grand a show or five grand a show even ten grand a show I don't know innit but what I do know is that the bigger artists are losing also a lot of money. Do you Definitely. get what I'm saying? So it's like everyone's losing mm. and it's all relative, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. It's mm. tough. I guess the thing that helps the bigger artists is that they got the churn of their catalogue on streaming. That right. is going to make yeah, yeah. money. Do you know what I mean? Continually. And people are still streaming. It's not like streaming is not... Yeah. dipped in this period like that do you get what I'm saying um, there's no answer to that Chucks you can't really replace it like for like you may do something ingenious and somehow come up with like uh, I don't know who would you who's made like a side of streaming like who's done something in this time that where you think that they've like capitalised on like what artists what like, like music wise what else? Yeah. I mentioned Dutch no, but like but not 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 in terms of like releasing music. I mean, other than releasing other than, music, other than releasing has music. someone done something in a, innovative and like thrived? From yeah, thrived. that has like I said. But look, all right, you know, you had um, you've had some people using Insta Lives or whatever, but that's probably generated more of a following for people. Maybe you could. Yeah, I, I guess Tory. Yeah, Tory did the Tory did the um, the quarantine radio. I don't know if I'm being honest with you. I don't know if there was like a big, a big massive effect in his record sales after it because I know he was doing pretty well anyway. Do you know what I mean? I know he was doing pretty well. It'd be interesting to find out, like you know, how different the sales was or how quickly people mm -hmm. went to stream that compared to the the other stuff. But mm -hmm. he's already been prior to that moment. He was quite solidified in in the lane. Mm -hmm. um, that he was in anyway. Do you I'll get tell me? you something interesting but, though. People are, some artists are live streaming their shows with no fans. Yeah, right? I know, I've seen that. And making more money than they've ever made. Because yeah. you're doing it in a controlled environment. You're streaming it like one time, but like you're selling tickets and everyone's, you know, I think that band BTS, they're like a Korean pop band. Yeah, like, then you've got no, no capacity issues. Either. Yeah, there's no yeah. capacity issues. And Shit, it's like, yeah. I think they made like, I mean, they made tens of millions of pounds doing like one live stream or some mad number. I don't know what it was, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's like people, I don't think that that really works with rap, hmm. you know, but. The only thing that comes to mind is verses. I mean, yeah, that, that, hasn't, that hasn't benefited one artist. It's obviously benefited several, yeah. and they're not necessarily new. No, they're, they're not. All it's just basically well established. Yeah, they're, enough, they're yeah. basically what it's done is it's like lifted the streaming of their old catalog. Exactly, but like that's the only thing I can think of that's like really thrived. Like, that, that has that's thrived. really thrived. That has thrived massively. Yeah. You're right. But financially, what has that done? Has that remunerated these artists financially? 
You know I, don't, I, mean? I don't think they needed to be remunerated. No, they, they maybe, they maybe, yeah. they maybe didn't. They maybe didn't. But I guess your question was like, what you know, what do artists do to replace what they've lost from life? How do, they, how survive? do they survive or whatever? Mm. Like you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. what the answer is to that. Um, before we go, actually, the one thing I was going to bring up, we did skip over it, and I could have just ignored it, but. I do feel like people like the stories and shit. And I feel like there was an interesting story behind um, Dave, Glastonbury, Alex, Coachella. Can you get into that? Or is that something you would rather yeah. not? Um, where do you want me to go with this? Okay, Tell boom. Me. So... Um, I was gonna say I could say to you, all right, yeah, they've got the Coachella, Coachella show, yeah, sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Because there's a story behind. Yeah, that. there's a story behind that. So, so the Friday night, Stormzy plays Glastonbury, right? He brings out Dave and Fred to do Funky Friday. Um, I better get this story straight, you know, because I'm just trying to remember <laughs> myself. Um, I know this. You know what? Still. You know what? Okay. Dave was due to play on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we've gone there Friday, played that show. Um, we got a call from our agent in America, Randall. Randall is my guy, my guy, my guy. Randall is a is our is our agent that lives in New York. And he's like you wouldn't think he lives in New York. You'd think he just lives down the road because he's like he's just proper part of the part of the team. Calls us you know, regularly. At normal times here, but late over we're there. Just, right? just, the we just got a great relationship. Uh, yeah. and he's, and let me tell you something. You see in America, yeah, as a British rapper, like no agent has to give a fuck about you because there's 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 a million American rappers that they could make way more money off, right? Uh, and it would be a much easier job. But you know when you meet someone who just believes in what's going on here? Mm. And like again comes down to the luck you know like we've met Randall and he just completely believes in Dave and what Dave's about and he's like forward thinking enough to take that risk on do you get what I'm saying and want to work with us for the long term and build us up from like a few hundred people to whatever we hopefully go on to do in America that's a side note anyway Randall calls and I think Paul Tollet started Coachella in like 1997 or 1998 and he his whole concept of Coachella was like Glastonbury but in the sun he'd mm. been to Glastonbury he'd seen it but he was like how amazing would this be in the sun in Palm Springs so you know so Paul Tillet is someone that was very aware of Glastonbury and obviously looked at that festival lineup to even inform the artists that he'd be booking he sees that Dave is playing on the Sunday um after Billie Eilish Billie Eilish is massive you know mm. what I mean at this point but Dave is playing she is playing here and Dave is playing you know after her in a in a in a more desirable spot I guess you'd say and I think Paul looked at that and thought I don't know this Dave character but that's interesting to me so he's done his own research obviously spoken to Randall and whatnot. I'm not sure if Paul saw Dave on a Friday night but it sounds good for the story, so we're going to say he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, he 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 basically booked a flight, 
jumped on a plane on the Saturday just to, to come and see Dave's show on the Sunday. And um, this guy runs like the biggest festival. Wait, wait, I'm sure you're, there's, you're not giving the story properly. Come on, though. what have I forgot? So wait, so he's just jumped on a plane and that, yeah? And then he's come here and that. Mm. But then he like, okay, yeah, I know what part you're missing out on. He came and didn't have a ticket. He didn't have a ticket. For he didn't Glastonbury, have a pass. So he said, he said like, <laughs> big, hey, Coachella's like, this guy owns Coachella. Yeah, he's a big Glastonbury is notorious. For yeah, of course. Yeah, Glastonbury yeah. is tricky, but so. do you know what it is as well though? Yeah, see Paul Toilette. Paul Toilette. I'm saying this though. Paul could have rang of course, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, 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 he could have, yeah, he could have. Yeah, but anyway, he probably thought it's festival day. It's madness. Right, he knows I'm, that. Right, I'm not he doing knows that. Exactly. Go on. I'm not doing that. I'm not exactly. Doing that. Exactly. I'm not and do you know you. what? Can I just say, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you're the big don. Yeah. Yeah. You are the big don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could. And you know what? Everyone, no matter how busy it gets, yeah. Everyone has that somebody that they would just do it for. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know that you could say, you know that you say like, like everyone's got a price or whatever. Someone can turn around and say, there's no more tickets left. But there's always one person that, that there's a ticket for, yeah? Yeah, yeah? And so for who he is, he can always be that person. But do you know what? I'm not doing that, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, I'm not and, doing and, that, and I respect it. Was it. Amazing, and 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 that I'll hang around that outside. vibe of 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 where it started from. Like you know, he he basically said, if I meet you in the car park, could you help me get into Glastonbury? Can you help? What yeah, 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 the big was, Don? Can that you was saying how yeah? you got him in. Was it legit? No, no, no. Wait, was yeah, he yeah, have yeah, his, wait? No, did he have his wellies on? That's what I want to know. Did he know about that? Was he prepared for the British? You know the what? The big green ones. What are you talking about? Mm, I don't know if he had the wellies. Was it seventy five from Office? Strong. I don't, had, I don't know if he had the wellies. Oh, he, even, he probably would have. I the can't 250s. even remember if he had if he had the, if he had the wellies. He would have had boat shoes Not, on, didn't it? I bet. He <laughs> seems like I bet he's a boat shoes on. I don't know. With like boat shoes with no socks. It wasn't a wet. It wasn't wet Glastonbury though, man. It wasn't a wet. It wasn't. Yeah, no, a rainy no, it hasn't. It been like that for a while. To be wasn't fair, a rainy one. But yeah, met him in a car park. We obviously come in the van. He's jumped in the van. We had a, we had spare. You get some guest passes. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? So I think we just gave him a pass. Jumped in the van. Had a wicked conversation with the guy. Wait, was he standing in the park? See, like when he, <coughs> when he jumped in the van, yeah. Yeah. Is it like there's this bare greenery outside, couple of security guys and that, and it's derelict. There's nothing Bro, there. Oh, it's, it's Sunday green. at Glastonbury. Everyone's in. Yeah, like, exactly. No one's here, here in the yes, car park. That's like, what I'm saying. He's one up. Yeah, in strong. the car park. Big CEO guy. You're just like. Paul, what is that? He's got Paul. Paul? He's like, yeah, yeah mate. No, 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 not yeah, mate. It would be what is it? It's yeah, an American guy. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah, it's me, man. Hey, man. So, hey, you know, man. he jumps in, jumps in the car. He's so down to earth. Really normal guy. Lovely guy. And yeah, just met Dave. Had a had a really uh, nice but brief chat with oh, Dave. That's gonna be my next question: Did Dave know who he was? And that yeah, I mean, obviously, we'd explain to Dave. By the way, this was the most gangster shit of of it all. Before he got on the plane, he sent an offer. Because he said, I want to send the offer first oh, so that it doesn't look reactive. Yeah, so it doesn't look to, reactive. Yeah, oh, okay. wow. yeah, so he's not, he said, I don't want it to feel like you're on trial. Like I'm coming to just watch okay. you. Okay, I respect you. Know what I'm saying? He'd already yeah. made so up in his mind on what you at Coachella. He saw that you were playing about Billy, done his diligence. He just wanted to see it with his own eyes, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? And he came and he watched it and he was like, yeah, you, you'll be on the main stage in... 
Hmm. Hey, what by whatever year or whatever, and he was just like a real cool guy, man. Do you get what I'm saying? And it just felt like uh, you don't. Well, the, the people would tell you the music industry is full of assholes. Do you get what I mean? But you meet some good people, man. You know, you meet some good people that uh, remain real cool no matter where they're at. And I'd, he'd never needed to deal with us like that. Like, we are minions. We are small fry. We was not even to what Coachella is mm. like I wouldn't say honestly I wouldn't say yeah we're like we're selling you mad tickets at Coachella this year but his thing was like yeah I want a progressive lineup and I fuck with the music like and I think the kid's wicked so I'm gonna book it you know what I mean and, and I just think that, that was just that was beautiful you know and the whole way that it happened was just yeah like, of course because then he ended up amazing. seeing a whole moment yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for real. And then obviously the, the whole moment. Obviously the, 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 the whole, yeah, I forget, like the whole, mm. the whole Alex thing happened, which was mental and almost didn't happen. If you watch that video about there was another kid that tried to get up and Dave's like, no, nah, no, nah, you, 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 you. Mm. So, um, and that was, that was funny. And I think we went to Australia a few days after Glastonbury, like maybe three or four days after Glastow. Might, might even have been like two days after. I remember we went like pretty soon after to Australia and the thing was building online. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, how have you seen it from your perspective? Like seeing Alex kind of... How was it? How was it? Yeah, from your perspective. Seeing the aftermath of all of that. Honestly, on the day, can I just be real with you lot? Yeah, like Dave's been doing that, building yeah. people up yeah. to yeah. do Thiago Silva. Yeah. I said that. For yeah, ages. That. For mm. ages. Alex was... In the, in the spectrum of Thiago Silvers that have come up, yeah. Must have been. No. But he, oh, nah, he wasn't. Nah, nah, nah. Because no. I went to a couple okay. of the shows well, and I saw... Real, he was off his nut. He was, he was off his nut. Yeah, but that's, what, that's yeah. kind of what made it as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of what made it as well. You know what made it? You know what made it, yeah? A few things made it. Yes, he was. He was like young guy, first festival. Having a lot of fun. Tiago, you got the PSG shirt. You're ready. Yeah. You're buzzing. Do you mm. get what I mean? I think the fact that he wasn't even absolutely nailing it was kind of endearing to me. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think Dave. There was a moment where Dave takes his head like this. And he's like, I believe in you, bro. Like, you've got yeah. this. And you know what's so amazing about that? Dave never, we never knew what was going to happen there. Dave didn't even have the mic to his mouth, but it was like, that showed you a lot about Dave's character. Do you get Definitely. what I'm saying? He has an ability to make someone feel like a million dollars. And I've seen him do that bare times. Do you get what I'm saying? And just make someone's moment, yeah. make someone's life. It, it's just that it's not always been on camera like that. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Alex, listen, Alex done his thing. Big up, Alex. Alex was a was a was a was a mediocre Thiago Silva yeah. in yeah. the scheme. Bro, we've had some people fucking nailing it on a different really? level, bro. Yeah, yeah, different level. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Obviously, after that, it became a even bigger thing. People yeah. were flipping, Fighting yeah, like yeah, rehearsing yeah, it. But did, did it, did it kind of ruin? <laughs> yeah, like it's it hard because we were going to shows and like people after that for a while, hard. bro. You're just. You know, like you're in the middle of doing like Dave's in the middle of like giving a deep speech and about to go into like I don't know whatever introspective song and all you're hearing is oh Tiago and it would be like you'd be looking at me like, like bro uh. like bro like you know what I'm saying but it's now become yeah, 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 yeah like, and it's now it's now a people are coming on almost on a trying to be the lottery ticket now because they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
Do you know what I want? Well, I don't realize is that. Can I I'm going can to. The, I'm getting time, to the front because I'm. I'm really wanting this to be me. But, but that can only happen one yeah, time. Man. It can, it can only, only happen, happen one time. And we've said many times, like, this is the last time we're gonna have to retire it. But like, yeah, in the it, next it, tour, it, I don't think that it should happen. Tour, yeah, no, and I think this 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 time off now is actually for that in particular is punctuated it do you yeah, know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. but it's so funny because this week Thiago Silva goes to Chelsea I know exactly the whole thing pops back up and everyone's like yeah you Best. still do the song obviously but you don't necessarily need to just keep yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you have to do the song because it's a big song in the catalogue everyone it's loves it it's a big song but um, but yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that yeah. but yeah so anyway he ended up seeing a thing Mm. He ended up see, like my man ended up seeing that. It's actually and like, so funny. I and then it, like, it just became so. Did he see? He must have. Of course, he must he have saw how big that. Stage, no, I'm seeing saying afterwards the aftermath yeah, of like yeah, how I'm big sure, that ended I'm up. Sure, he saw. I'm sure yeah. He saw, yeah, I will say this though. Um, I feel like it's proper sick how maybe more so over here and in America as well how synonymous um, athletes and artists are now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, you're starting to see even more of it. We always saw it from before, but here and there. And I feel like maybe in this country in particular, there was like a frowning upon when it came to an element of that, because, you know, maybe if a footballer was associated with an artist or whatever, mm -hmm. the moment that that artist wasn't playing well, then they would kind of talk on the fact that you're hanging around with this artist or doing whatever it is. But it's like, now you're seeing so many of these ballers and artists and stuff just like, just genuinely just hanging out. Because a lot of them probably, you know, grew up in the same area. You know, one grew up, this this guy went, ended up playing for X, Y team. Now you're still checking for each other. You end up meeting more people that look like you and come from the same place and that. And they're hanging out and shit like that. And that must be kind of sick to see as well yeah, because Dave's very cool with quite a few different footballers that play for different teams. And it's like, he's a United supporter, but... You know, I know he's he's got a guy over there at Liverpool. Um, what's his name again? Rian Brewster. That's the one. I met I met that kid as well. He's, he's like full of life, boy. Definitely full of life and and Rashford and whatnot. And it's like it's just and even even like some of the bigger artists. Like um, when I say bigger artists, I mean more artists that have like been around for a, a long period of time. But you see like Lethal Bizzle around footballers and stuff like that and it just seems like a real organic vibe amongst them do you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah Drake's got the bar oh yeah, yeah go, the bar. Go. sports sports yep. and music is so synonymous right because we want to be them and they want to be us right that's the truth that, that's on um, you could thank me now right that's not on that song I can't remember what song it's on but it's on the first album yeah. though I remember that song but fucking hell bro is there anything you want to quickly? No, I had questions before, but they've been mm. gone out of my mind. But um, one thing that I actually always ask people, I forgot to tell you this, and oh, I keep forgetting to tell fuck, people. I to think one. Before you go, yeah, mm -hmm. what is the one thing that people need to see or hear? It can be anything. It could be an Instagram post. It could be a tune. It could be a documentary. It could be a brand. It could be a. It could be an electronic thing. It could be yeah, absolutely yeah. anything. I've got it. Go on. The Black Curriculum. What's that? Is that a book? No, it's not a book. It's a syllabus that a young lady called Lavinia Stennett 
has written and it is about the way that uh, the history of black British people is taught in school. How can you find that? You can just Google the black curriculum and you know it's something that she is she has done the heavy lifting in terms of writing the syllabus with her team and is trying to implement that into a lobby the government really to implement into the national curriculum um, just because creating a bit more of a cohesive society has to start from a point of education and I think what she has created is really really important I think she's had a lot of uh, pushback from government Gary Williamson MP etc and uh, I feel strongly about it I think I've learned most of my own black history myself not at school Mm, Um, and I think it's something that is important for us all to learn wherever you're from do you get what I'm saying Uh, because yeah there's there's still work to do when it comes to that Um, 100% and yeah it's very it's very it's very worthy cause I think so I respect that I guess you don't have one um if you do, I'll give, I'll give you a time to think about it very quickly. Um, I would say I came across a song today, actually. Um, someone just, I was just on my Instagram and someone just tagged me in this this a song. I just heard a little bit of it. And it was like, oh, you know, you're a DJ. Um, you might like this. And I love that. I love when people do that. I think I went on my Instagram one time and I was playing a song by um, Wizkid and Her. And I was joking around with my followers and that, but I was like, rah, like this tune came out and no one didn't tell me. Well, I ain't heard this tune. What, none of you lot told me about this tune and this tune's been out here like that. So now every once in a while, people be tagging me and shit or whatever, yeah. But there's a, a rapper, I think he's from Birmingham and he's called S Maverick, yeah. And he's got a song called Kendrick. I think this Kendrick is the name of his son and the song is about his son. He seems like a young dad or whatever and it's really good. So, um... I would say go and check that. You? Watch Julie's top five. Um, okay. Yeah, do that. Uh, the one with you is quite funny, actually. I was dying while I was editing that. Yeah, me and Tolly work good together. Yeah, Julie hates that episode. I know. She was emailing me. She was like, I fucking hate this episode. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I ain't even watched it, but Twitter be talking, bro. Yeah, is it? Twitter be saying, how are you going to let Chucky and Tolly do this to you, man? <laughs> I know. Julie, I hope, I really pissed. hope that Julie makes me and Tolly do that again with her. I don't think but she Let me tell will. you something. She, Julie will know about it because the last couple of times, Julie's batted me up. Yeah. Do you see how we cut that in, though? I know. <laughs> I know. I know, I see that. But, um, bro, what is, what's the end goal for you? Do you ever think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Not the end goal. I can't say the end goal. Like, obviously, I have goals. Do you know what, bro? My goals ain't even for here, bro. Honestly. Like, not that. all of my goals, but I'd say, like, I'd like to build a record label that means something to people the way that you know Island or Def Jam or um, Bad Boy or whatever the way that these labels meant something to people at points in time I would love to build a label 
uh, that lives beyond me. Mm. That I can leave and neighborhood records mean something to people. Yeah. Has a roster of artists that complement each other and it makes people feel something and it becomes something that uh, people can trust and you know, you know what you're getting when you go here. That's mm-hmm. that's a that's a professional goal. For yeah. Me. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. I don't want to. I don't want to um, leave this conversation without mentioning as well that you look after Spyro too, because Spyro is an absolute G um, in the DJ and production game. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, someone I've rated for a, a, a very long time, man. Again, it just kind of speaks to the substance that you've always been involved in, um, and yeah, man, I I, I fully respect it. Um, the label as well you've got that uh, I don't know if you want to talk about who you got signed to it yeah go on we got um, we got it's a small it's a small roster other than the artists that we've already spoken about mm-hmm. today obviously we have a young singer called Kamal mm-hmm. who's from Housden Northwest London insanely talented please check him out um we have an artist called Meeks from that Manchester. Is, listen, let me tell you something. Meeks is... Anyway, I spoke about Meeks a bunch of times yeah, here as Meeks well. Is, Meeks is ridiculous. Meeks is very that, sick. You know, that's something that Jack and I work on with Dion. Yeah. Sincere. Honourable shout out um, to Sincere. Who is a very old friend of mine. Also manages Fredo. Also manages Fred. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've got a small stable of artists yeah. Um, but yeah cool that's it bring Dave here please bring Dave here yeah <laughs> I love it he just laughs at that he just laughs and the culture wants to see the culture wants to see him still yeah maybe on the check up we should do the check up the check up the check up yeah, not here not here it be an extended length we can't do the normal hour with Dave I don't know, it depends on where the conversation goes. But sure. I think the checkup's more suited for him than doing this. Yeah, you're probably right. I told him I was doing this today. Did you? And what I did he him, say? I told him it's his fault. And what did he say? <laughs> he said Chucky's a great guy, is what he said. Don't patronise me, not, bro. Bullshit. I'm not. He said, <laughs> he said Chucky is like one of the, I think he said you're one of the like, you're one of the greatest guys ever, but he hates interviews. I know, I know. That's but I, do you know what though? I, and I know that he does. If he hates interviews and checkups, not the spot. No, it is. Then this is the spot. Because this is not an interview. No, I know how to, bro. Trust me. I know. I believe. I know how to get a good conversation out of Dave. I, d- I don't doubt. Trust that for me. A second, but it's getting him to agree to do it. You that's lot, it. You lot would have a sick conversation. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know. And, and, and let me tell you something. You see. At some point in time... No, it will happen one day. It might be time, 10 years down the line or whatever, but it will happen one you day. You just got to understand, okay? I promise you, this man cares only about making music. Right. Like, and it might sound nuts, and yes, sometimes interviews are par for the course and you have to do them. But like, the guy just loves making music and he doesn't really like... He says so much in his music. I think yeah. he often feels yeah, like, why does, do I need fair. to talk... Mm. more and explain it I don't know you would have to ask him this but what you will have I will ask him when, will have when I do to do is speak to him on a 
personal, personal level. Of course, yeah, of course. So, yeah, man. You know. We chat sometimes still anyway, every time we see each other. Yeah, a little good chin wag here and there. Bro, listen, man. Anyway, this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunday. Don't worry, yeah. man. Because I came there last Sunday and that. You came oh, there. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Now, nah, I'm not even going to be. It's not like I'm even being honest because I didn't even think about that. I'm just thinking about this now. Obviously, I came to the yard on a Sunday. Big food's getting k- cooked up now, yeah? <laughs> right. I said, yo, hear the thing. I said to Benny, yo, like, what are you saying? Where are you at my, my yard? I said, yeah, I'm going to pass through quickly. He was like, all right, cool. Then he was, he was like, yeah, there's um, a little bit of food there. I might be able to try to squeeze you some, whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to my dad's in it. So don't worry about it. It's cool. And I'm only coming quickly. I went there now. Big turkey on the thing now. Bear macaroni. Chicken. All of that, bro. He had everything. <laughs> yeah. Be a complaint I'm Let me t- listen. All of that, yeah. Now, nah, but I'm like, hold on one second. I could have ate, innit? I could have ate. How did I not know that this was what was going on, though, bro? How did I not know that uh, there was listen, big food cooking up listen, like, like listen, that? Listen, listen, listen. I'm not the boss of the house and I'm not the chef, all right? The chef made her own arrangements, okay? The chef invited one of our other mutual friends. Yes, one of our okay. very, very close, one of close our other friends. Very close friends. This was nothing to do with me. Audible shout out to Wesley. That's right. our, that's our Jenna. So I am because it was really nothing to do with me. Mm. He's come to the house. She's cooked the food. Do you get what Big I'm saying? food cook that's up, you know, on, bro. It's macaroni that's and that with on. gravy and My all man's that. called at five past five talking about he's looking to come around now. Yeah, I'm but I'm letting, saying I'm just what? letting him know when you come in the house and you smell food. Yeah, there may be a plate or there may not be. A but plate. I'm saying I that if the big food's getting cooked up like that, then I should have got there 11:30. Like, the yo, call. huh? You want, want the cool early? This is, this is every Sunday, bro. This is not new. Every like like that. Well, I said anyway. I was like, listen. Yeah, this Sunday and that. If I get the invite, I'm not turning it down. You don't need the invite though. You just got to yeah, shout and just say, yeah. Like, are you not cooking today? Because she don't cook like that all of the, every Sunday, surely. That was like the layout looked Christmassy. You know, like when nah, you've got like the each thing in here. There is it cooked, bro? It's not like that. You're under. Oh, wow. Well, it's right. not like that. She's gonna see this, and then you're gonna have to. Explain no, she can. Yourself. I hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm like every time there's been an occasion, I've seen it like that. Mm. But like on a one away, it's not. Just, I've never seen just, that. bro. You'd be surprised, bro. Ah, well, Sunday. That's more. Yeah. That's more often than not. That's more often than not, my brother. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming, my bro. Thanks for having me, Chucks. This is well overdue. You guys have done like 300 episodes and I've never even been to the studio. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's actually crazy. But here I am. We're almost on 300 YouTube videos, by the way, Chucks. Oh, we, yeah? Yeah. We're on like 298. Oh, sick. Yeah. So that means that one of these will probably one be One of these 300. will be a 300. Oh, well, I think it's there right that we say this considering you just said I We're almost on 100,000 subscribers. So you know what? Like, yeah, comment, like, subscribe and all of that on the YouTube. Yeah. Love. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.